1993, American television was forever changed when a floating head in a tube chose five teenagers with attitude to protect Earth from alien monsters. Twenty years later, it is still one of the most popular franchises on television. Charlie's Geekcast presents... Contact the Power Rangers at once. Hello everybody, and welcome to our second special celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Power Rangers. My name is Charlie Niemeyer, and pretty soon you're going to hear me joined in by Joshua Bertoni, Donovan Morgan Grant, and Joe Hogan to continue our look at Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Today we're going to pick up on Season 2. Uh, season 2 actually had a late summer, or kind of mid-summer premiere. Uh, three weeks in a row, July 21st, 29th, and August 5th of 1994. And which ticked me off because on August 5th, we were on, my family was on a summer vacation, so I never. It took me years before I saw part three. And uh, it was in prime time, so like, I uh, know. So this like, was... if you were watching Power Rangers at the usual time, like you, you weren't seeing this. I'm, I'm at summer camp, and these kids are like, "Oh man, the new putties with Z's on their chest." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Oh yeah, yeah. This was okay. Basically, this is where a bunch of the big changes happen. First of all, before we get into the season, I should point out that this literally is basically the height of the Power Ranger popularity. This was the point where they had a special show. They did a show at Universal Studios in Los Angeles and literally caused a several-mile backup, more than you normally get in L.A., on, I think it's I-5 is the big one. Uh, on I-5 from the interstate all the way into Universal and, of course, back up onto the interstate uh, because of all the people trying to get to the Power Rangers appearance and stage show. And, of course, it was the Rangers showing up uh, in costume and it was the actual actors. Um, yeah, this that was a huge deal. They were basically like rock stars that day. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't disbelieve it. Yeah, it was... Uh, a lot of people have said this would be like... Well, I, I guess Josh would like this. It was like the Beatles showing up. Um, it, 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 when they were like... Well, when they were popular. Listen to me. Uh, but it would be like the Beatles showing up <laughs> at Universal. Keep talking. Yes, Keep talking. I know. <laughs> but yeah, it was huge. So they did this thing where they hosted... Uh, all three episodes in prime time. Balkan Skull would come in and be stupid while they were doing it, uh, and it introduced. It made a big bunch of big changes. Number one, uh, and the biggest change, probably, is the introduction of Lord Zed, who took Rita's palace and destroyed it, and made it a giant castle. Got this really <laughs> cool huge chair with a Z on it. Uh, had this giant metallic staff that only sometimes had duct tape on it when it broke um, 
he gave Goldar back his wings, which, for the most part, most kids probably missed that Goldar didn't have his wings for most of Season 1. Um, and put Rita back in her dumpster and sent the dumpster flying out into space. Also, Lord Zed was basically looked like a human that had all of his skin ripped off and was just a massive muscle uh, with some metallic stuff and tubes with liquid pumping through it. He was the answer to Carnage and Venom. Yes. And he was, you know, for, for Power Ranger fans, and I'm sure for Josh being a five-year-old, um, must have been I scary. I wasn't five. And by Josh, I meant Don. Because you guys <laughs> sure look the same. Um, but yes, I, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it, ha- it, it must have been pretty scary for some kids. But yeah, the, but yeah, it, so he does that. He creates new putties, which are stronger, but have a really stupid way to defeat them. Uh, the, the giant Z on their chest. You hit that and they crumble, literally. Uh, but he also creates more powerful monsters, which actually are conti- is continued use of this, well, they call it Zoo 2, Zoo Ranger 2 footage. Um, but they basically continued using that footage until they finished with the green, with, until they finished with the Zoo Ranger footage because the Green Ranger was still around. Now, the, the, he, here's what they did, because this is how complicated it got. They started using um, Zords from, what, what was the series after Zoo Ranger? Go say Sentai Die Ranger. Okay, I'll, I'll call it Die Ranger. They started yeah. using like Zords <laughs> from Die Ranger, but they were using monsters from Zoo Two footage. So like for the longest time, you would not see like a Zord make contact with a monster. You'd see like a, a, oh, a Die Ranger Zord like swing its sword, and then you'd see like you know a Zoo Two monster take an impact. And every once in a while, if you were like a really observant viewer, you can see like a glimpse of the Megazord because they were using Zoo Two footage with. So basically, I actually feel bad for all those Zoo Two people because like they basically wasted all that Megazord footage that they had them make extra. Oh yeah, and any time and any footage that had the original putties had to be refilmed with the American putties. So for a lot of it, you, there were a lot of times when the um, when they couldn't even use a lot of the footage of the rangers going up against the monster because of the original putties being in the footage. Yeah, so Lord Zed adds a self-destruct button to the putties, and, and they are harder <laughs> to beat than ever before. <laughs> up until you hit that button. Also, this is also, like uh, Donovan was mentioned earlier, this is also the point where they start moving towards more American footage on the show. They actually, at least to start the second season, the actual actor's put on the Power Ranger costumes and did their fighting in costume because of the fact that they had new footage for these new putties. Yeah, there was a lot of like the Spider-Man moment where, like, you know, at, at the command center, like, Zorda, what do we do? We got our butts kicked. And, like, like, they would have, like, those, like, those, like, cotton turtlenecks to show that they were... Oh, they were my God. Yeah, they were huge when they started. <laughs> they were giant. But basically, yeah, the uh, first good portion, I'd say, let's see, green number, first 13 or so episodes, maybe more, of the second season of Power Rangers, basically they did what, um, well, like I mentioned, they did on that old Spider-Man show. Uh, You have the robot (laughs) in one part of the footage, you have the monster in the other part of the footage, and never the two shall meet. 
There was, however, one episode. They did manage to get the costume that they used to, um, in Japan to film the um, Die Ranger robot in action. They did, for one episode, try to do American Zord footage, and it sucked. So they stopped that really quick and just went back to cutting and pasting. <laughs> because why innovate? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, but basically, and and of course, this whole time, Lord Zed's big thing is to make the Green Ranger run out of power. Uh, although I should point out, since we we started mentioning the New Zords, uh, in the in the by the third episode of the second season, the Mutiny Part Three, the the Zordon tells the Rangers that their current Zords are not powerful enough to deal with Lord Zed's monsters. So, so don't bother. <laughs> yeah, basically. So the they need some, to be upgraded. Yes, they need to be upgraded to the quote unquote Thunder Zords. Uh, the black mastodon becomes the the lion, which actually has a lot of green on it. Basically, because it was piloted by a Green Ranger in the in Die Ranger, uh, the pterodactyl becomes the Firebird. The Triceratops becomes the unicorn because, you know, three horns into one. Um, <laughs> that, that has unfortunate implications. <laughs> oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Thank you. Um, we, we don't have that yet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sabertooth Tiger into the Griffin, and the Tyrannosaurus becomes the Red Dragon. So there's two Dragon Swords for a while. And You know, it, it's actually very fortuitous that some of those animals at least are similar. Oh, yeah, yeah. But So basically, like Josh was mentioning, while a lot of the times the robots and the monsters don't get to be in the footage, since the Green Ranger still had his power, the Green Ranger didn't have enough power to... Well, this is Zordon's excuse. The Green Ranger didn't have enough power <laughs> to upgrade the Dragon Zord. So the Dragon Zord remained Dragon Zord. So the Dragon Zord did get to have footage and participate in some of the fights, so the Dragon Zord would be able to actually make physical contact with some of these monsters. But after about 13 episodes, Tommy's Green Ranger power finally runs out and is no longer able to be restored. So after so for a couple of episodes, literally three, there, there's, it's just the five Rangers again. And still, though, by this point, we've run out of the Zoo 2 footage. So now the Rangers and the Monsters are rarely in the same footage unless they happen, unless the American guys happen to have the suits. Ay, 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 ay! What is it, Alpha? The guys forgot to mention the Zord redesigns. We must rectify this immediately, Alpha. Contact Charlie at once. I read you, Alpha. Charlie! You forgot to mention the Zoo 3 sword redesigns. Oh, you're right. Good catch, Alpha. I'll get right on it. Right, Charlie. After the Zoo 2 footage had been completed, plans were drawn up for more new footage, including redesigning the Zords. These would have been more practical upgrades than the Thunder Zords, in that the animals and colors would have stayed the same, just remodeled. Evidently, plans must have already been underway to introduce the White Ranger, as there are designs showing the new Zords combining with both the Dragon Zord and a redesigned version of the White Tiger Zord. Always wanted to save money wherever possible, Saban, presumably, figured it would be cheaper to just adapt the previously existing footage from the next Sentai, Die Ranger, rather than shell out money for more new footage. Thus, we got the Thunder Zords and American fight footage instead. And now, 
back to the podcast. The other big thing about these the monsters from the Die Ranger series is their suits were weird. It was mostly they have something that they wore on their top half, and their bottom half was just tights. And apparently the top half part did not travel well from Japan to America, so there was a lot of damage. So a lot of episodes ended up reusing costumes from monsters we'd already seen, or would just try to cleverly have uh, the Power Rangers and, and the monster have the scenes cut so it looks like they're fighting each other, but they aren't. Basically what they were doing with the robots and the monster, and then have, but then be able to have the Megazord fight the monster all in one scene. It, it was very confusing. Um, I'm getting confused just trying it's to. Such explain. a popular show that was so, that was so terribly. Oh, to, and then, and then they made it more it confusing so by like uh, they made it more confusing because there's an episode where uh, Scorpina comes back. So it's like zoo. There was footage from like three oh. different shows going on at once. Yes. Because you had like the White Ranger was from a different show than the other Rangers, and it it was it weird. was all crazy. <laughs> and, now, it's also about this point, before the White Ranger shows up, that there were some behind-the-scenes problems. Um, there's various different reasons. Some of it is wanting more money. Some of it is uh, wanting... Uh, wanting even more money. Wanting even more money. Some of it was Jason needed some time off. Uh, the guy that played Jason needed some time off because his mom was sick or something, uh, and they wouldn't give him the time off. Which is also possible. There's a lot of stuff about Saban and company not being, not really being very good to the actors and the people on the show. But we'll get into that later. Um, but basically, at about this time, the actors playing Jason, Trini, and Zach were kind of boycotting. In fact, they had filmed several episodes ahead at this point and basically kind of walked off the set. So there's one episode, which is really stupid, where literally when they're morphed, the rangers are trapped in something. I can't remember what, the, what it was, but they're trapped in some kind of trap, and you literally can hear Billy and Kimberly saying their lines, but there's no one responding to their lines, and no one asking the question that Billy's answering because those were either Tommy or Jason or Trini's lines and they weren't they had left the set they weren't around to do their um dubbing and they hadn't gotten the replacement dubbers yet so they actually have one episode uh where <laughs> half the lines are missing cuz they didn't have the guys god yeah exactly <laughs> they they didn't uh, look too far for the dub people because the like fake Trini like oh, they none of them are good the same race no, I know, that, but, like, at least fake Jason, you know, like, tried to match to the vocal style. Fake, um, the, the one where, like, Kimberly dresses up as Rita, fake Trini, we thought you were under a spell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, oh, oh, that was pretty rough. But, so, but, of course, so they're, the writers and guys have to frantically rewrite stuff. Um, the next two episodes, uh, next episodes that are really huge is White Light. Which basically, um, the important thing here is Tommy comes back uh, and becomes the very powerful, uh, and, and a lot of people say Christ-like, White Ranger. Uh, basically, the, and, and the White Ranger costume comes from the Die Ranger series they were using. 
So there is more Die Ranger footage that gets used because of the fact that the White Ranger is actually from that show. So he can, you know, they can actually show him standing on top of his Tiger Zord and inside the cockpit of the Tiger Zord. But yeah, and, and at the end, and during that episode, and what I was mentioning, similar to how um, Zordon's line changes and the, the whole thing with Rita changed in Doomsday in first season, um, they have Zordon For some say, reason. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, uh, well, not for some reason, thanks. Uh, Zordon says that now that Tommy's the White Ranger, he's the new leader of the Power Rangers. Even though Jason. <laughs> and Jason still says nothing. <laughs> well, actually, he goes, this is great. <laughs> Literally. Because <laughs> I, I don't remember what they said he's, Zordon's actually supposed to say, but Jason says, this is great. And he, it, he, he asks if they're satisfied with the new member of the Power Team, and Jason just says, this is great. Yes, but instead of <laughs> uh, basically they change it in the thing oh, to right. the new mem- yeah the new member of the team to the new leader of the team and he's just like this is great and, and then, then the three the three actors left after that I imagine yeah they have wait, wait. one or two more episodes what which by the way like um, as a kid the promotion for that was like who is this mysterious white ranger so like oh, it, the, yes. at least Fox Kids was like trying to like make it a secret like ooh who could it be but I rented like there was some sort of tie-in to Power Rangers and I would rent all these tie-in videos even though most of them sucked and there was one where it was uh, Jason Jason David actually no it it was a preview for that video that was on another video like trying to get you to buy a video of Tommy teaching kids karate they say you know him as the green ranger and you also know him as the white ranger and I'm like not yet we don't but now oh, I know crap. <laughs> <laughs> awesome yeah they they actually introduced a couple of characters a couple of male characters uh, right, to kind yeah. of throw you off too because well Tommy left Cur- and then Curtis? there was Curtis Zach's cousin and then there was some other dude that started working at the juice bar. Richie. Tri- yes, Richie. And he then, always wore a white shirt in every scene. See? And um, uh, Trini That's just actually, misleading. <laughs> Trini had a crush on had a little You're crush misleading. On him. Why don't you get to the Gold Ranger? <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, the, uh, we had Trini and, and Richie actually had a little flirtation thing going on. So they kind of tried to throw you off. But, of course, it was Tommy. And... Ironically, after that, Curtis and Richie really aren't seen again. Who would have thought? Um, then there's maybe one or two more episodes where the original actors are in the show in new footage. And I'll explain why I say in new footage in a little bit. Um, but, of course, you know, when they're morphed, they're dubbed by the ter- terrible actors. Then after a while, they start they start coming up with things like... Um, there, uh, for example, the next episode is Zed's Monster Mash. Uh, you know, Jason, Zach, and Trini are busy taking some kids to the elementary school, so they will come. They will show up. They will show up later. You guys go fight the monsters, and we'll get them over there later. All right, you betcha. So literally, the only line that any of the three of them utter in the episode is they teleport into the scene already morphed. And I think you hear Jason go, we're here, Tommy, in that terrible dub. And then they, they call the Thunderzords. And, of course, when they're doing that, they can just use, you know, audio that they are the pre-recorded audio for them doing that. So, yeah, and then they just don't talk while they're in the Megazord. So that was easy. Uh, but then they take their time. The next episode is the Ninja Account Encounter, which 
introduced oh my three God. new friends for the Rangers. You see, Rocky, like, the back Aisha, of their heads. Oh, you see the back of their heads. You see um, them all. You see the six Rangers talking together in a with a sunset behind them, so they're in silhouette. That's the one. <laughs> yes. And, and then also, oh, they actually would was... use... <laughs> they would use... Um, what would they do? They actually used old footage when they were in the command center. So you would have... Different haircuts. So Tommy would be wearing green, even though yeah. he had long since been the Green Ranger. Right. Tommy would be, the, Tommy would be wearing green. And, of course, to set it up, um, Tommy would have green on, like, when they were in the juice bar setting up the scene. Uh, somehow, Zach's hair went from the dreadlock thing <laughs> to short flat top. I know. <laughs> Jason, hair Jason's hair would get really short, and he'd lose his earring. Uh, well, Trini it was kind of easier to blend in. And, basically, they would try to get the footage where you would see Tommy, Billy, and Kimberly on one side of the floor and have Zach... Jason and Trini on the other side so they could have new conversation going on and zoom in on the three guys that were still staying and have the other guys just kind of stand there looking up at Zordon looking concerned. <laughs> I had no I had no idea until I was like 20 and I saw some of oh, those again on, on YouTube. Yeah. Like as, as a kid, I thought that like the actors like stayed up until their final episode. I, I was so stupid. <laughs> like when I watched that now i laugh at how like lazy it is well see for me um uh i I was actually kind of ticked it was around it was sometime between when they did the final episode of the premiere and when the regular season started that was they started having that big um soccer mom uproar about the whole uh because the power rangers kids are doing more karate and they're or and they're hitting their Siblings yeah, they're, be- they're beating up their, their siblings as I did. Yeah, so yeah, so um, kids uh, are being violent. As we they were no, always are. We were no longer allowed to watch Power Rangers. So until I started sneaking my watching of Power Rangers, uh, I missed everything up until shortly after the uh, Ranger transfer or the Power transfer. So all of a sudden, it's like these new guys are Rangers. I'm like, what the hell? Uh, so yeah, that threw me off, but. We're getting into that. So there's a couple more episodes where they they do some careful editing, um, you know, seamlessly making it look like the uh, old Rangers are still there. And then uh, let's see uh, the power transfer. The it just so happens that and they've been mentioning it for a couple episodes. There's this peace conference. And in this episode, it turns I never, out that, I never got what that was at all. I still don't. <laughs> I don't either. Our Apparently, teenagers are elected for a peace conference. Yeah, they, they, there's some conference <laughs> where they're going to talk about peace. It's going to take forever, so they can't be Power Rangers anymore. Anyway, I, I so, knew that they were going to Switzerland. Yes, yes. And it just so happens that Jason, Zach, and Trini got selected to go to this peace conference, which is when they say Josh's favorite line. All three of us? There you go. <laughs> uh, and um, so they need to find three new rangers. And... <laughs> I remember Kimberly and Billy and uh, and uh, and Tommy. They're like at the park. They're like, where are the other rangers? Oh, look, there they are. Behind, in the shadows over there. Let's go talk to them. <laughs> With the sun <laughs> behind them. For, for, yeah, the sun behind them showing off the, you know, putting them in silhouette. Oh. 
there's a lot of fun with this. All right, first they have to go to some other planet to get some sword so that they can do the power transfer. Then they need to find three new rangers, where it just so happens, since they've met these Rocky, Aisha, and Adam, who, since their debut, have been in every episode, at least a little bit, you know, with no plans at all for them later becoming rangers. <laughs> um, they, they get teleported to the command center. They use the sword to transfer the powers. And somehow, um, the power does not leave... Jason, Zach, and Trina. And they keep the costumes on and like teleport up. Yeah. And like, even as a kid, when I didn't know the backstory, that that did confuse me. Yeah, it's supposed to be a complete power transfer, but somehow they keep their powers. And but then they like, it's not. <laughs> okay, bye. And then they three of them stand there and wave their hands and teleport away. And then um, you see the three new Rangers. They're already in their costume. They take off their helmet, and then all of them get sent out to take care of some monster. And at the end of the episode, through the viewing globe, which viewing distorts globe. all footage you ever see, uh, you see they look in the viewing globe and they watch the three rangers basically get on their plane. Now, I don't remember if you actually see them get on the plane. I don't think so. Or if it's like just a, everyone watching. Oh, okay. Yeah, you see a taxi pull up to the airport and the door opens, I think. But I don't think you actually see anyone get out. Something like that. Anyway, uh... And with that, I, I met Walter Jones, the guy who played Zach at Comic Con, and I asked him about those episodes, and he said that he thought that it was ridiculous how they were written off. <laughs> well, at least they didn't go evil or anyway. Um, and so after that uh, is when you get the the new Rangers come in, like they've been there for before. In fact, the first episode as Rangers is that one where they uh, that I think Josh was talking about, where Scorpina comes back. So you've got White Ranger footage, the Mega Zord footage, and the Mega Zords are fighting Zoo Ranger monsters. Oh, sugar! <laughs> it's rough stuff. But fortunately, the rest of the season, it's not too bad. They uh, they're able to use the footage a little bit better. Although they do have this one stupid episode where the Rangers show up on TV. I remember mm. that they got like interviewed by like a late night talk show host. Yes. I don't remember that. What happened? What, how, how did this come uh, about? They, uh, they, they're supposed to take the power of education to TV. And it's, it looks like it's a, it's a late night talk show, but it's supposed to be during the daytime because I think there's a lot a of late night talk shows. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, the Power Rangers. Does Lord said turn a camera into a monster? Yes. Yes. The camera turns <laughs> into a monster. <laughs> this stuff writes itself. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Let's see. So yeah, they, they um and and they actually the official rangers they don't just get fake rangers the official rangers go on TV and talk in their normal voices and no one notices and well the, the, and the thing is were barely protected ever and, and they, the they, they, would, is, they would they would fight putties in the park like openly in their civilian identities well that's a good point in their colorful outfits but the the funny part was is it's basically the rangers go in and they sit down and talk. <laughs> There, there's nothing to prove that it's actually the Power Rangers and not just some guys in costumes. It, they just go on there and they talk about the power of education. It's good stuff. But a couple episodes before that is the one I was mentioning earlier. There's some kind of kaleidoscope monster that Lord Zed creates that actually causes the uh, anyone – it hits with its kaleidoscope beam um, to lose their memory. And at some point – 
all six rangers end up losing their memory, and Bulk and Skull use some kind of a mirror, end up using a mirror, or they end up, okay, let's see, they, when the rangers get hit by the beam, they demorph because they don't know that they're power rangers. Bulk and Skull see this and see, find out who all six of the power rangers are, and in order to save the day, they have the kaleidoscope monster shoot at them, but either but one of them has a mirror that they send the beam back to the kaleidoscope monster, and when he forgets who he is, everyone he's ever hit with his beam turns back to normal. But apparently in that process, Bulk and Skull did get hit by the kaleidoscope beam, so they forget that they know who the Power Rangers are. I remember the promo for that being like deliciously hilariously written and it was like today on power rangers the power rangers learn about kaleidoscopes and it's like billy in a classroom this is a kaleidoscope but (laughs) that was okay okay yeah the school stuff had to be some of the dumbest stuff it was these guys are supposed to be in high school granted by this point billy's not looking like he's in high school anymore yeah but they treat him like they're fifth graders today we're going to learn about rocks because today, your guy, the Power Ranger is going to fight a rock monster. Or the episode with Tickle Sneezer, they have like show and tell. Yeah. Hello. There's no problem. There's no driving lessons. There's no like you know, I don't know SATs. It's just. Yeah. Exactly. Let's see what else. There's there's one where it's fire safety week at the school. There's a, there's a, like a I think a deleted scene where like uh, the, the the guy who plays Skull Brace character says how can these guys still be in high school after all these years? There's like actually at the end of like one of the credits of one episode. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Well yeah they basically they don't graduate until Turbo, which I want to say is early is 1998. <laughs> By the time most of the original cast has left. Basically yes. You're not high school. You're not a high school graduate, but you're at a peace conference in like Switzerland for like years. <laughs> and um, and shortly after um, all this happens, there's the three part wedding episode, Hell which brings yeah. yeah, which brings Rita back, and she does some kind of a spell or some kind of potion to cause. Lord Zed to fall in love with her and in order to make it easier on the producers of the show and having to mix footage um, basically they Rita gets a uh, is it magical? She has, she has, she has put, put a no more Japanese footage potion on her. Basically yeah she puts on this uh, <laughs> uh, like a one of those skin product face mask things and when she comes out of it she's a different actress that and suddenly, her the dubbing is a lot better because she's, she's not, not being dubbed. Japanese. <laughs> exactly. Well, she, no, she is being dubbed. Uh, the same lady that did the dubbing for Rita before continues doing the dubbing. The difference is that um, this time the act, since the actress is part of the American production, she's actually mouthing words in English, so it all matches up. But yeah, so she that's a three-part episode. You don't see the Rangers much outside of their costumes because at that point they were in Australia filming something which we'll get into in a little bit. Oh, Dude, that, I forgot about this. 
Yes. That three-part episode was such a tease because the promos were like, somebody's getting married. Who could it be? And, like, they would have all this footage of, like, Kimberly and Tommy, like, fighting together. Like, ooh, who could be getting married? (laughs) (laughs) And, of of course, the the premise of the show, I believe, was that the Rangers were going to Australia anyway. So that was was a school field trip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, school field trip. Bulk and Skull end up going, too. But most of the... uh, most of the stuff you see that doesn't have rangers in the footage or, you know, alien monsters is Bulk and Skull doing stupid stuff because they weren't in the – they didn't have much to do in the other reason that they were in Australia. But we're getting to that. The f- next episode or the next set of episodes features this uh, – Oh, we're not, we're, we're not going to talk about the, the epic romance of Rita and Zed? Oh, we're getting to that. It's, it, 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 well, yeah. It, it's weird. Basically, part of the reason they did this was because of all the complaints they were getting of how scary Lord Zed was. <laughs> and by bringing Rita in, he kind of became uh, like almost how ho- not housebroken. What's the word? Domesticated. Well, housebroken neutered. too, I guess. Yeah, neutered. He he <laughs> he just wasn't quite as scary anymore. He was a little. I mean, he had some. You know, occasionally they'd let him be scary, but for the most part, he was just kind of. Not really funny, but yeah, it was different. He was a cuckolded husband, basically. Oh, I I love that. Like to this day, uh, I I love the whole like Rita and Zed's uh, you know banter and patter towards each other, and just the whole dynamic of like Goldar always trying to break them up. And oh it's... yeah, that was a good subplot because he knew what yeah. had happened. He saw what had uh, happened. He he he, di- he didn't know until Rita's brother told him accidentally. But even though oh, that's like, right, Zed that's the next care. season. Yeah, it, did. Yeah, it turned like, out he, by he, that point he, he actually was in love with her. Yeah. Well, and again, and as a kid, there's not a lot of shows with like a changing and evolving status quo. So like to have Rita, you know, like this character from the first season come back was like in- it was an interesting like blast from the back because when you're a kid, like time is a lot longer. So it seems like Rita had been gone for years, and now she's back, and she and you know, and she and Zed are doing this thing. It, it was. I, it was a nice piece of continuity for me, which I didn't get in oh. a lot of my kid shows. Oh yeah, this was, yeah. Just think about the stuff that's happened so far. We're not even finished the second season yet. We've had the Rita escape from her pris- her dumpster. Power Rangers picked. They get their Zords. Eventually, the Green Ranger comes in and he's got a new Zord that allows that, that and he joins the team. So then we have six Rangers and six Zords that have all kinds of cool transformations. Uh, Green Ranger loses his powers, so for a little bit we have the Red Ranger using the Green Ranger power sometimes. Um, and then the Green Ranger comes back, so I guess there's not much difference there because it just kind of continues the same formula. But then we get Season 2 and you get the different swords, you get a different bad guy, you get different putties, uh, and a different bad guy base. And then the Green Ranger becomes the White Ranger, and the power changes. And then now you've got Rita coming back. And it just keep it, yeah, like Josh said, it's really cool that they kept making these changes, even partway through a season, not just, okay, here's all the changes for the beginning of the season, and this is how everything's going to be for the rest of the year. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of development for uh, the kids' show. Yeah, it's an ongoing development. It's really cool. But then the next series of episodes, um, as part of a wedding present uh rita brings along the wizard of deception who actually is able to take a lock of tommy's hair and (laughs) creates a new tommy 
and a new green power coin somehow. And therefore, <laughs> we get the fight everyone was wanting, Green Ranger versus White Ranger. And another shot of uh, Dragonzord biting that smokestack. Yes. And meanwhile, the... Uh, and this is my favorite part. Meanwhile, the other five rangers get transported back to Colonial Angel Grove, California. Because in colonial times, America had settled in California. Right. Of course. Uh-huh. And, and they fought giant rats. Was it established that uh, Angel Grove was in California at that point, or was that something yes. that was added to mythology later? Okay. It had Excellent. been established. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that they establish it, then they forget it, and then they establish it again. You know. Uh, in fact, just a, couple, a few episodes later, they kind of messed that up anyway. But, um, yeah, so they're in the colonial Angel Grove, and they fight these giant ro- uh, rats that were going to be monsters in this... Power Ranger movie before it was realized that they looked too cheap. So they used them in an episode. Um, and <laughs> This isn't good enough for the movie, put in the show. Yeah. The suckers won't care. The, the fun part is that during the course of this, you do have the Tiger Zord going up against the Dragon Zord in, again, spliced footage. You have the Thunder Megazord going up against the Dragon Zord in spliced footage. And the Thunder Megazord almost destroys the Dragon Sword by doing one of their patented sword slashes, but Tommy stops them. Uh, somehow they break this, the spell of evil over the, green, over the Green Ranger, and he gets sent back in time to the old uh, to the colonial times. And basically, he kind of keeps some of the power. So there's a lot of fan. Uh, fan fiction and stuff that this green, this old Green Ranger will one day come back and that the Dragon Sword's still in Angel Grove Bay? Angel Grove Harbor? Angel Grove something. Um, so that he can use it later on. But yeah, there's, the, there's another Tommy out there in the past. <laughs> Who we Tom, never asked. Probably Tom, Tommy's, Tommy's grandpa. Exactly. Oh god. That's all we need. Uh, so then there's a couple more episodes, and then we get the Wild West Rangers, which they go... Uh, Kimberly accidentally gets... The Wild Stranger! Yes! She ends up going back in time to Wild West Angel Grove, because the, it, it went from Colonial to Wild West times. And, of course, she runs into basically the ancestors of all the current Rangers, because even though... Three of the rangers were from a different town. Their ancestors lived in, a- in Old Angel Grove. And, and all the minorities were treated, you know, on equal footing. Oh, of course. In the Old West. <laughs> As they and, were in the past. And, and there, the, the, it was the Juice Saloon. Don't forget the Juice Saloon. <laughs> um, oh, nice. And the, um, and, the and White at one Stranger. Point, yeah, the... Tommy's ancestors, of course, the white stranger who's got a green uh, tie on his hat. And um, he's the only one that doesn't morph in the past. Uh, but Kimberly gets the others to the command center where they get the power coins. And they morph. And while Kimberly gets to morph into her normal costume, the other costumes, um, they have a different belt. They have... And they have... The, what do they call that? Frill? Or whatever. Dangling off their gloves and boots. 
And the boots are cowboy boots, by the way. Uh, and, because an ancient and, alien, you know, technology would, would assume, you know, 1800s, um, U.S. American, Earthian stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and, and over the uh, turtleneck stuff, they actually have the, uh, uh, the, the handkerchief. What do you call those things? Bandana things? Bandanas? Yep, that's what I meant. Uh, white bandanas around their necks. And, you know, they, they, none of them know, they don't know martial arts. So the four of them are fighting in weird ways, but still beating up Goldar and the putties. It's pretty crazy. But, uh, that brings, uh, that, uh, and then of course the final episode has Billy getting cloned. And it's two Blue Rangers. Because that's another one that they couldn't get enough of. Clones. Time travel and clones were really big in the last ten episodes of the second season. Uh, and then we have the summer of '95, and in the summer of '95 was the premiere of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers: The Movie, which came out on June 30th, 1995. And the domestic gross was a total of 37.7 million dollars, which I imagine is a lot back then. <laughs> Man, you make it sound like such a long time ago. Uh, although I guess it was 15 years. Damn it. Um, okay, did almost 20. It's closer to 20 than it is 15. Well, I prefer 15. It sounds less. Who? I'm. Yeah, thank you. Now I'm pretty sure I can guess, and I'll probably be wrong, so I'm not going to say who I think it is. But who went and saw this in the theaters? Oh, of course I did. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, what do you think it's for, fools? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't because I, I wasn't said to my parents, to I, "I think I want to wait till this comes out of video, and I'll rent it from Blockbuster on the VHS." Well, you were very good at the renting thing, but yes, Power Rangers—they had cool new costumes, which were actually just kind. Of, well, basically, they were leather. They were like no, they were like, like like kind of like sleek plastic. Kind of thing. Oh yeah, they, and it looked like body armor instead of just uh, spandex. They're, they were Noland up. <laughs> yes, yes, no nipples. Um, uh, let's see, and the the helmets were redone. They did now. Did you guys know that originally, yes. the original plans for the helmets? <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, they were going to have no visors, and the mouthpieces would be missing, and you would actually see the rangers' faces through the helmets. That is a terrible idea. Yes, and if you've seen any pictures... I've seen one, but I thought that was just like a stunt helmet or something. So they oh, could, like, no, that was the... Act- or choreograph no, or whatever. That was it. That was wow. it. Uh, that was the original plan. Someone finally realized that looks stupid. And then they put the uh, mask and the face plates back, and they, re- they molded new uh, face, the little mouth parts, uh, based on the mouths of the actual rangers wearing the helmets. Except for Tommy's, because his didn't have lips. Um, Aisha had a random power in that movie that she never had before or since, where like she's like, oh wait, it's dark, I'll use my headlights. Yes, and Rocky had uh, some kind of, it almost looked like he had oh, Kit's, <laughs> Kit's tracking scope over his face, or Robocop's visor, and he could like see in the infrared or something. They <laughs> all had weird things. Something focused on like, you know, Batman-level gadgets. Yeah, uh, Billy had like a triceratops whip thing. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Kimberly had like a weird whip kind of thing too. Yeah, she had it too, so they could swing around. Um, 
about the only weapon that they used in this movie that they had in the show was Tommy's sword, Saba. And even that, he only got used once. Well, the, the, the thing talked, right? Yes. Yeah. It did in the movie, though. Uh, no, well, he was only the he was only he was only on screen for like five seconds. He didn't have a chance. I but, remember Tommy uh, like threw him up in the air and he did something for like you know. Uh, he flew around and then I beamed some uh, a chain holding up a bunch of girders that fell on top of those tangos. The, tangos. I don't think it was the tangos. The tangos didn't come until um, they went to Thedos. It was like these ooze. Oh like, yeah, the ooze guys. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, yeah, the yeah, did they ever fought at night? Uh, well, remember, yeah, in the first awesome. season, it was revealed that, like, the Megazord loses its power at night. Yeah, good point. <laughs> so, but right. yes, that was that was the first time you saw Power Rangers at night. And huh. uh, Ivan Ooze, some really bad guy, who, who was buried deep under Angel Grove and had been released and put... Um, Actually, it's a funny scene because he puts Lord Zed and Rita inside of a snow globe, and then goes about. He he meets the Power Rangers, who apparently stink because they're teenagers, and while his what does he call them? Just his ooze men, I guess, are fighting the Rangers. He goes to the command center and literally destroys it, and because he missed the Brady Bunch reunion. <laughs> yes, all the things he missed: the Renaissance, the the Spanish Inquisition. The Spanish Inquisition. The Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch. If he missed the Spanish Inquisition, which was before the Brady Bunch series, then how could he miss the Brady Bunch reunion? <laughs> Actually, uh, I hope somebody got fired for that. The, the funny part <laughs> is, I believe the Brady Bunch reunion line was an ad lib that they thought was funny enough to keep in. That's, That's awesome. what I heard. Yeah, well, well it, um, and and of course when um, when he takes over the Moon Palace, all your favorite characters are there. You know, Rita, Zed, Goldar, uh, Pig Guy. <laughs> yes, yes. Squat and Babu <laughs> are nowhere to be seen. There's no putties at all, and yeah, the pig whose name I can't remember. Gordon or something. Yeah, let's see if this tells me. Gordon. Actually, no, that might be right. No, it was like uh, Gordon's, I think. Oh, uh, here, here's some of the names. Okay, the weapons they had were, uh, let's see, the Pterodactyl Thunder Whip and the Stega Stinger were the two weapons that Kimberly... They, they don't even have Stegosaurus as one of their source dinosaurs. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that is dumb. Uh, let's see, let's see, Mordant, Mordant the pig, or hog, or whatever. Yeah, that's the other guy. And, and he was and all merchandise, as if he's been there all along. Oh, yeah, well, they treated him like he'd been in there all along. Uh, the idea, of course, being that this whole movie takes place in an alternate version of the Power Ranger universe, because of so many changes. Anyway, uh, by t- destroying the power, or the power chamber, by destroying the command center, the, the Rangers lose all their powers, and... In order to get them back, they get sent to the distant planet Thanos. That's Thanos. not Thanos. Thanos. Thanos is the villain in, in the Avengers uh, and and the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy coming soon to a theater near you. And um, they get ninja, their ninjetti powers. Um, Aisha becomes the bear. Rocky becomes the ape. Billy becomes the wolf. 
Kimberly becomes the crane, Tommy becomes the white eagle, and Black or and Adam becomes a frog. Frog. <laughs> yes, a frog that you kissed before turns into a prince. And <laughs> a, a fun little bit of what you call it um, trivia is that Dulcia, the the lady that gives them their powers, um, she was originally going to be played by uh, Olivia from Law and Order SVU. I heard that she was going to be played by. Um, I heard she was going to be played by the yeah. replacement Pink Ranger. Yes, holy uh, crap! The replacement. Oh uh, my god! Catherine had auditioned for it, had auditioned for Dulcia, because they were filming in Australia and she lived in Australia. She didn't get picked, um, and I can't think of Olivia's real name. Wow! Oh 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 oh! oh uh, Mariska Hargitay. Yes, and she actually filmed. There's there's a photo out there on the interwebs of I've got to see this now. <laughs> yeah, let's see if yeah. we can find this. Um. Oh, I can Oh my god. I never knew that. Holy crap. Oh wow. What damn you have now? Action girl now. Oh, there's a couple pictures. I hadn't seen this one before. Hold on. And I'll pull them up. I remember the but beginning. Yeah. They're skydiving, and Bulk and Skull are with them for no reason. And, like, oh, Bulk and Skull yeah. almost jump to their deaths, and the Rangers are like, oh, forgetting your parachutes? Yes. <laughs> yes, oh they did that. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, 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 Are wow. you seeing that? Yeah. She's like a six-pack. Like, what? Like, holy shit. This, this would have been, like, what year was this movie again? Um, 95. Yeah. So this would have been like four years before before SVU started. Mm-hmm. God, why, why was she replaced again? Um, there was various reasons. Let's see if it says here. She was in the future ball and saw that this would be damning to her, her actual career. It doesn't really say on this little post. I don't remember. I think... I'm trying to remember. I know they ended up needing to refilm that stuff. I don't remember if it was be- they just didn't feel like she was right for the part after she filmed it. I just uh, or um, they couldn't get her back for that scene. I don't remember. But yeah, she got what replaced. What is that the- on the left side of the picture? That is a guy that did not make it to the final part of the film. I see. Do what not? Oh, the, the like, like elephant like that like uh, I don't know. Uh, yes, that thing. It looks like it makes that same noise. It looks like a blue snuffle snuffle up, I guess. And there's that picture that I'm at. Wait a minute. Let me just show, send this. Uh, I'll let it send. Let me send this link because it's got a couple pictures. All right. Yeah. Go to that one. The last one. All I see around me is this room. Oh, we're in trouble. Oh God. I I I I I. <laughs> that was another good song, um, but yeah. Anyway, and so then they go through these woods or whatever to get to. Uh, her costume's different too. It's a little bit. To, I mean, it still shows off the same amount. I am Dulcia, really, Master Warrior Thanos. Tell me what has happened to Zordon. Oh, that's what it was. She got hurt. No, she she. Had- no, she was fired as Dulcia. Never mind. Let's see. Wait a minute. She filmed they most of her scenes, 
I have to say she fills her role nicely, actually. But producers fired her and brought back the... Fi- oh, okay. They originally ha- had brought this uh, the actress that did play her, and then she had some kind of a medical problem, so they got Hargate, and then they ultimately fired her and brought What's-Her-Name back to be Dulcia for the movie. <laughs> Which actually probably is for the best. I don't know how well she how well people would have taken her as on SVU if she had been in the Power Ranger movie. Well, one of the, one oh, of the, that's, uh, that's not fair. Lots of well, people well, from the Power well, Rangers. One of the uh, on season first. one detectives one of the season one detectives was like in that failed Justice League pilot that that like, you know, I don't, I'm not sure that, that damaged her career, so yeah, she may have point. been able to survive. Wow. My my mind is blown. But yeah, so um Yes. And then, uh, so they go through the like a forest and fight some bone monsters, and then they find they get to I guess it's a what do they call that the, the throne the pyramid I remember they were on a high tower. mountain yes and it's the great power which is basically a bunch of CGI golden animals flying around that cause them to morph into their very same. Uh, Power Ranger costumes that they had on before, but now the little badge on their chest has changed to the new Power Animals, and they teleport... Right. You mean the badge on their chest that was never in the original show, but was in all the merchandise? Oh, all the merchandise. The toys, yeah. the pictures, the comics, everything. We haven't even gotten into the comics yet. But anyway, um... <laughs> yes, th- so, for the movie, they did have those little badges, and they get back to Earth, and by this point... Ivan Ooze has created these giant monsters, the Ectomorphicon Titans, that were actually also buried under ancient under Angel Grove, and has them resurrected because he uses his goo. Oh, this is going to sound wrong. Uh, he uses his goo to take <laughs> over the minds of the adults. <laughs> That's well, what somebody I, said. You know, <laughs> but, if your parents well. don't like it, throw it in their faces. Oh. So anyway, the, the names of the big monsters are Hornet, Hornator and Scorpatron. Wow. Um, anyway, so the rangers get back in time to have these monsters taking care of things, or destroying stuff, while all the kids, plus Bulk and Skull, because they're adult kids, um, are all partying because of the fact, you know, that their parents are too busy to play with them. I think the ooze is messing with them too, isn't it? Making them like, not care. The Ooze made them slaves. They were, like, uh, working at Ivan Ooze's factory, and then he was gonna, like, make them lemming off a cliff. Yeah, the adults. uh, But the kids... That's what Bulk and and Skull had to do, like, with the kids, is stop the adults from, like, cliff jumping. Right. Uh, He was gonna have them leap to their dooms, and they take care of doing all that, and uh, the rangers get their new zords, which are completely CGI, other than a little bit of other than small little spots where they have their little cockpits. And, um, eventually, uh, it's, this is where the budget kind of was there and then kind of went away. The CGI Megazord looks like crap. Uh, but you do. Yeah, keep in mind, though, it is 1995. When when you're a kid, though, it's like a Megazord fight in space. Oh, yeah. and, And it's not like a guy in... It's not a guy in a costume. It's like, not a guy in like, a costume. Oh 
This is you, so epic. Oh, my God. You had a CGI Megazord get thrown through a building. Um, yeah, it's a pretty epic battle, all in all, that, that they could not have done with the guys in suits. So. Did, uh, did anyone see Pacific Rim? Yes. No. Not yet. But there, yeah, there's one there's one scene that's basically like the end of the Power Ranger movie. Oh yeah, it is, isn't the, it? Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, like, I, I don't, don't, don't like, want to say it, but well, in the in the Power Ranger movie, there's a scene. Don't they like kick one of the one of the monsters in the nuts? Yes, that's what uh, that's how it ends. They um, that's how it ends. Tommy <laughs> Tommy join uh, Tommy links up his Falcon Sword with the Megazord and becomes the Ninja Mega Falcon Sword, and um. At about this point, uh, Ivan That is Ooze such has... a stupid name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ninja Maga Falcon Sword. And, and, and Ivan has joined up with one of the, I can't remember which one, I think Hornator, uh, at, to become a giant CGI monster himself. And they all end up going flying up into space, where a comet just happens to be flying towards Earth which apparently oh, yeah. is scientifically impossible that it works this way because um, a, a comet is supposed to be a gaseous or just burning gas or something, and this actually makes it look like it's a asteroid flying through the space. But anyway, um, the the monster is holding on to the Megazord, and the they're all in the path of the comet, and to get away... Aisha breaks some glass and hits this button that causes the one of the legs of the Megazord to knee the monster uh, Ivan in the in case of crotch. emergency. Yes, <laughs> I think it says that in case of emergency, break glass. She breaks the glass, hits the button, and apparently this one button, which is protected, so I guess it's not supposed to be a, mo- a move that they're supposed to use too often, uh, knees the monster in the groin. The Rangers fly away, and Ivan gets hit by gets destroyed by the comet. And then you have the big celebration at the end where the Power Rangers get to watch fireworks. And the little kid Thank says... Thank you, Power Rangers! Thank you, Bulk and Skull! Thanks, Bulk and Skull! <laughs> and the little kid, uh, Fred, comments that he's, he's going to grow up to be the Gold Ranger. Or the Silver Ranger. <laughs> we'll never does. let a child be a Power Ranger, at least until our <laughs> next movie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, the cool thing about this... oh. Before I mention that, uh, by the way, this whole point, this whole time, Zordon's been dying, and they're able to use the and Zordon dies, but they're able to use their power to resurrect Zordon, because power that's of love. How, yeah, it's the power of love. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. He died, and then Tommy's like, "Well, wait a second, we have the power to do anything," and they like stand in a circle around him, and he wakes up. They stand oh, around in funny. a circle, ha- holding hands, and they basically are singing "Kumbaya," and he just wakes up. And then the they command... believe real hard. <laughs> yeah, and the, <laughs> the command center gets all repaired. Which like it's totally inconsistent with uh, like like Zordon's in a time war. Like it, it's like he's he was actually in the glass, but the show made it seem like the glass was just a way to communicate with him. It's like a radio. Yeah. Like Zordon is in this other dimension. Yeah, he's and when a... they do break it in the show, like from what I like, it like kills everyone. Yeah, basically the idea is uh, originally in the show, Zordon's caught in a time in a some kind of a time warp by Rita, and that tube is just happens to be that they're able to get the signal to him, but the signal isn't very strong, which is why his mouth never really takes form. Um, 
in the 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 part of the thing that everyone says that this is an alternate version of Power Ranger history is because literally Zordon is lying at the bottom of this thing and the on, and only when that tube is working is when he's actually alive or whatever. But he's still sort of in the time warp too because he starts aging when the thing goes down. I don't remember. And, I, don't remember I thought he just started to die. Yeah, he started dying and matter, getting old. But... Yeah, well, yeah. Um, Let's see if it says it's science. <laughs> yeah, science. And then, um, but yeah, what Josh was talking about the, the later on, he, they, I think, I think when they do go to Zio, the whole idea of Zordon being in the time warp kind of goes away, and he's actually kind of a floating head in a tube after that. And then he gets, believe it or not, kidnapped, and. The tube gets destroyed, and <laughs> the the Zordon wave does a lot of stuff. That, I was I was not watching yeah. the show at that point, but I I love the YouTube clip because he like he morphs all he either like turns them to like sand or like and then morphs like Lord Zed into Fred Jones from Scooby Doo. Pretty much, he's got a sweater and everything, <laughs> and 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 uh, Rita is a smart looking businesswoman. No, she wasn't a businesswoman. She was just some random well, Latina. Yeah, but she was in a nice dress. Actually, it was the same lady in the. Uh, it's the. It was the lady that's in the costume, just out of costume. I don't know who the heck they. Well, the guy and then was they the start. They start doing Zed. the tango. The the guy was the the voice actor for Zed. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. Have you seen him lately? He looks like he's about. He could. Uh, looks like a stiff wind is going to break him. Thomas Mattis interviewed him a few years ago. Man. Uh, he sounds well. Actually, he sounds. Well, I don't know how old he is, but he looks like he's going to. Like he literally could fall apart at any minute. It's pretty old. Very fragile and frail. But I don't think he's. It turns that out. Old. It turns out that that Zordon wave like irradiated him, and he now has <laughs> yes. leukemia. That, uh, that's <laughs> you don't want to say that. But uh, <laughs> okay, he's so, pretty old. So moving along, um, then we get to Power Rangers season three, which takes. A lot of the stuff that we just talked about in the movie and throws that all away so that we can have a whole different reason for the Power Rangers to have gotten their ninja powers. Instead of going to the planet Fatos, well, first of all, there's no Ivan Ooze. It's Rito, Rita's brother. Instead of Tangoos, it's Tangas, and they're not Uzi. And um, instead of going to Fatos and... Yeah, instead of going to Fatos and meeting Dulcia, they go to the Desert of Despair and go to the Ninja Temple of Ninjor, a blue guy that sounds like Dudley Do-Right. Ninjor! And um, the the power of the ninja is within you all, and that kind of thing. (laughs) That's a good Marvin the Martian. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Uh, He also has the very... (laughs) The Shakespearean line of "Oh yeah, we bad" one, once or twice because that's just what he does. Anyway, um, so yeah, the, this ninja guy gives them their ninja powers and they get the ninja zords, which suddenly again, instead of being CGI, are guys in the suits. But this time, all right, this this is the fun part. They get new power coins because their old powers have been destroyed. We actually see the destruction. Of the Thunder Zords. Falling apart, blowing up, and everything. That was actually I remember pretty cool Rito the way they did them. It. Yes. 
that actually is a pretty cool looking scene and then like Kim goes all crazy and shouts well it's not as bad as when Vader does it but does the whole no thing and um, it's all slow motion as they watch the thing the Zords blow up it was it's actually kind of cool but anyway um, yeah that that happened and then then they get their new Zords and that's actually pretty crazy too because they get their Zords backwards from the way it was done in the Japanese version the, the it actually bugged the piss out of me as a kid because I, I had no concept of continuity and all of a sudden like the movie was contradicted after like that was the summer of the Power Ranger movie and like the, all those events were negated. Yeah, that kind of annoyed me too because I was I was hope expecting to see like the movie costumes being used because I didn't have any concept of the Japanese stuff. So I was thinking the movie costumes were going to be used. We were going to have CGI Zords. It was going to be awesome. And we end up getting back to the spandex costumes again. And non-CGI Zords. I was like, what the heck? Was that why they negated everything from the movies? Because, like, is is there, like, an actual solidified answer as to why they just decided to nix all of the story plot points of the movie? Uh, As far as show continuity, yeah, I think think it's basically that the... um, of course, you never know exactly how. Well, they, I guess they were banking on it being popular, but you, you can't bank on everybody seeing the movie. But also the fact that um, they, you knew that in order to do another season, they had to adapt the Japanese stuff. So they went all out for the movie, but there was no way that they would be able to afford to uh, do any, you know, use any of the movie stuff for the show in order and have it be an affordable adaptation. Besides the fact that the costumes they used for the movie were falling apart all the time. I don't even, even mean if they like use the, the show's costumes. Yeah, yeah. But I just mean like the actual pop. I mean, the Zords were the same Zords eventually, right? Yeah. I mean, I know they uh, the Shoguns. As, as for why they made... I, I, well, Ninjor is a big part of the Japanese show. He was Ninja But But, but they could have had Ninjor but, be anyone random. Yeah, I... Like, you could have had a season premiere of them at the juice bar, like, man, oh, for some reason it's Jason, like, man, that was a crazy adventure with Ivan Ooze we had. All right, guys, you know, let's go teach those homeless kids how to read. Right! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they didn't. There's no clear, uh, specific reason other than the fact that all the changes they made for the movie, they could probably just couldn't figure out a way to make it work for the show. But, uh, yeah. I'm not sure if I was, I was all that confused, yeah. though. You, you, you had the same status quo. You know, there was Tangas, and they had their new ninja powers. It was just like they chose a different way to get there. And I, I always missed the season premieres because I never knew when they were on. There was, like, no internet. And, like, they, there was people at school, like, telling me, like, yeah, you know, Power Ranger movie is, uh... They use the word not connected because as kids, like, we had no concept of what the word continuity was. And I was like, I was horrified. Like, how can they do that to us? <laughs> well, yeah, they. I don't know exactly why they did that because it doesn't make much sense now that you get now that you mention. I don't. I just assumed. I mean, because again, Ninja could have been anyone. Yeah, I don't know. Or they, they could just, just put Ninja in the movie instead of Dulcia. As much as I enjoy looking at Dulcia in that movie. They could have like planned ahead a little bit and had Ninjor in the movie. Yeah, well, it, 
I don't know. It also, I'm thinking it has something to do with Fox too. I think it's partially the ownership. Uh, because of the deal they had, I think Fox has more ownership and rights to that hmm. than they do to the actual series. Uh, for example, even though um, Power Rangers has gone from Fox uh, to being and Saban to being owned by Disney and is now back to Saban again, but is not on Fox. Um, the guy, uh, Saban, who owns Power Rangers, does not own the rights to the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. That is still owned by Fox. Fox right. is the only people that are allowed to put that out. Um, actually, the same thing goes with the Turbo movie. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure why they had that be part of continuity. <laughs> Probably but, because um, there was a backlash when, like, <laughs> you know, we, we can't do another movie and, like, trick fans into contradicting it, like, a year later. Yeah, pretty much. But, yeah, I'm not exactly 100% sure why they didn't keep it all together, other than just all the changes. Because the, the, the movie was mostly done by Fox. I, I Actually, I think that's most of it. Um, let me look at the image again. I don't think that it says Saban's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. I believe it just says Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. If that's no, I the think case... Like, they, they're a video game adaptation also said Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, video game. Wasn't any Saban in front of it? So, uh, yeah, and there's, there's, it doesn't say Saban on that. And it doesn't say it on the Power Rangers movie, but on the logos it says Power Rangers, or Saban's Power Rangers. So I'm thinking it has more of an ownership to... Uh, Fox then Saban and they just wanted to do their own their own thing I guess I don't know and maybe, yeah, maybe they wanted it to like you know have a better continuity for syndication packages yeah because they wouldn't be able to com- include the movie in it but then again they I don't the, everything we come up with it doesn't explain why they went, ended up doing the same thing with the uh, Turbo movie a few years later well, I, I I actually my theory is is that they did that with the Turbo movie because like fans did not want another out of continuity movie. That could be it, and I it was a very they, limited they release movie the, anyway. I, I'm sorry, I what? saw Turbo in theaters, but by then I wasn't watching the show anymore like that regularly. Yeah. Yes, I, I wasn't either, but I saw it in theaters, and uh, they brought Jason and Kim back. That was kind of cool. Yes, actually, Jason had come back for Zio. That was cool, too. He was the Gold Ranger. But we're on season three. Um, so moving <laughs> along, <laughs> uh, so they get their news orders. Oh, like I was saying, it, this season, uh, the third season of Power Rangers was actually an adaptation of the series Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger, which actually is more of a uh, comedy show. They couldn't use a whole lot of footage from it. Because in this series, not only was it kind of a comedy show, but for some reason they decided to adapt a lot of the Batman show-isms into it. For example, they would hit a bad guy and superimposed over the screen would be like a foom or a bam or a whap. So it's weird. Yeah, so they couldn't use a lot of the footage. Uh, Plus, they were keeping the costumes the same. So, but they were cha- they all they did was change the robots. Now, also at this point, uh, Kimberly had the 
Amy Jo Johnson, who plays Kimberly, had also decided that she wanted to leave. But instead of doing it last minute, they were actually able to plan for this one. So it's actually kind of set up throughout most of the season about the fact that she's that she's planning on leaving. Um, also... There was a lot of arcs um, in the third season. I oh, really yeah. loved the third the third season because it, it felt really epic. Yes, the third season is a big one. There's a lot of multi-part episodes. Uh, a lot of big stuff happens. I think at this point they were really starting to get into a groove. The uh, the American fighting footage was getting better. Because I have to say, after the first season with the Japanese fighting footage most of the time, and then going to the American footage for the second season, the fight footage kind of sucked. It was slower, and they just didn't have the moves down as well. And for the third season, they actually got one of the uh, action directors that they were using over in Japan to come over and work on the American version. So that helped a lot with the stunt fights. But um, yeah, the um, the like I said though, they actually did the Zords backwards. The Zords that we know as the Ninja Zords were actually the second set of Zords for the season, and came in later. Except for the uh, yeah, the Falcon Zord came in later too. It's about it's about halfway through the season that the Rangers get these new Zords called the Shogun Zords, and those are actually the first Zords. From the Japanese version of the series. Hmm. Believe it or not. That's interesting. Yes. Uh, now there's a good reason why they did this. Um, but I can't get into that quite yet. I hope it's good. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, let me see. Let me look. And they had motorcycles for like one episode. Two. But yes, the shark cycles. Actually, uh, there, there were bice, there, there were motorcycles in Zoo Ranger, but like they were unusable for American footage, because the Zoo Rangers mostly rode them while in Japanese form. That's right. And in fact, I think when they actually did use them, all of them had this, had a similar motorcycle, and um, actually the similar thing happens with these shark cycles. But in Zoo Ranger, the only the Red Ranger has a motorcycle. The others are different vehicles. Uh, in the in Cocker Ranger, I think only the Red Ranger has the shark cycle, and the others have cycles based on different fish, and for the American version, they just took the shark cycle and repainted it several times. I think. But, uh, Josh, you were saying it, it was hard to find the... Uh, t- hard to know when they were doing the, seri- the season premieres. Uh, one of the things that makes it difficult for season two is that the first three episodes of the season actually were um, a crossover with the show that was just about to come out. Mast Rider. Oh, uh, yes. So you Mast still Rider. had the Thunder Zords. But yeah, they go to Which the planet. Which had more continuity problems. Oh, sheesh. Yes. <laughs> we won't even... They spend get... three episodes setting up Mast Rider, and then when it gets to his show, they completely like negate all those Power Ranger episodes. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> um, and but the 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 third episode is famous for the fact that it they tried one more time uh, for some reason they didn't want to use much die ranger footage at all so when the rangers call the thunder zords the the whole thing where they're doing their posing while they're calling the zords that's american footage instead of using the japanese footage like they did all second season uh 
most of the Zord battle is American footage because they used the suit again to actually fight the monster because the monster they used was actually a repaint of a previous Season 2 monster. Um, and I, I'm not 100% sure why they did all that. Um, but then in the when they get the new Ninja Zords, they actually did try it for a few times to do the whole Zord call again, but they gave up on that pretty quick, and then they would just say, we need Ninja Zord power now, and the Zords would just show up. <laughs> but, hey, guys. Yeah. But uh, like we were saying, all the multi-part episodes, the uh, the crossover with Masked Rider was three episodes. The Ninja Quest, which is when they go from their Thunder Zords to the Ninja Zords and stuff, that's four parts. Then there's four one-part episodes. Uh, and then there's a two-parter, Stopping the Hate Master. Uh, then there's a couple more oh, episodes. <laughs> the what? The Hate Master. He, he's created by, Red, or by, Red, by Zed and Rita to spread hate everywhere. Looks and, like they never stopped him from getting to the internet because people on there are just yeah yeah basically on everything. I believe the only person that uh, fights it off for the most part is Aisha, but I think even she ends up getting hit by the whatever beam it is that makes you hate. But something happens that stops it from lasting very long. I don't remember. Um, but one of these the power episodes, of friendship does. <laughs> that's it. But one of the episodes here is the power of uh, the potion notion, which was one of the ones that uh, has a big thing about the whole Zed and Rita thing. Um, Zed surprises Rita with a second honeymoon. They create this love potion monster uh, that Rito that Rito sends down to uh, attack and starts spreading love. Kimberly gets hit, and apparently you get hit by this love potion thing, and you fall in love with the first person you see. Fortunately, there's no, um, well, fortunately for Power Rangers, because they probably wouldn't have been allowed to show that back in 1995, um, but they did not show any, uh, you know, same-sex things. But, um... That's a shame. Kimberly ends up falling in love with uh, Skull, because she's the first one he sees, or he's the first one she sees. That leads to, like, all the fanfic. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it. Well, he'd had a crush on her for a long time anyway, but... Even among the writers, they, like, they shipped them, because apparently in that Red Ranger reunion episode, they were going to, like, reveal that Kimberly and Skull got married, but they cut it for time. Oh, yeah, they had a whole bunch of stuff they were going to put in, but they, for some reason, they only, they cut it to one episode instead of two, so there was a whole lot of stuff that got left out. But, um... Let's see. But yeah, at, uh, at this this is when Rito points out that Rita had used a love potion to make Zed fall in love with her and marry her. So uh, Goldar gets, I think, Fenster <laughs> to make an anti-love an potion. Yeah, antidote to the love potion. And they hit Zed with it. But it turns out that by this point, he actually is in love with Rita. So the antidote does nothing because he still loves <laughs> Rita. Um, there's, there's Rita forgot forgot her original plan too because she was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna marry him, and then um, she was either gonna like, depending on what episode it was, she said she was gonna kill him or lock him in um a dumpster like he did to her. So like, they just kind of like stayed married through sheer you know laziness. And they have one of the most dysfunctional 
marriages I've ever seen, but it's weird. Oh, I, I love it. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's fun. Like and Ricky. Yeah, it's fun. It's 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 a fun kind of dysfunctional. Uh, then after a, a, a Christmas, why did they have it listed there? Anyway, um, then of, uh, at about the 16th or 17th episode of the season, Cat is introduced. As uh, basically, we find out she's a girl that um, is under Rita's control that just wants to be a swimmer. But because she's under Rita's control, she can also turn into a cat and a cat monster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, okay. Yeah. That actually confused me because I thought, like, in the early episodes that she was a monster. Like... I thought that, like, she was basically created by Rita, and then, like, in later episodes, when, they when like, she was having flashbacks, to, I guess she used to be in the Olympics, and, like, they would keep on show, showing these, like, post-traumatic stress flashbacks where she's diving and she hits her head. Um, yeah, she's and, and a I was kid, like, I think. I was like, wait, why, why does she have a childhood? I thought she was created by Rita. It, it was really confusing, but in, in yeah. the season three intro, they would have, like, her, like, anamorphing from, you know, like, cat to cat's. Yes, yes, yes. It was. She actually, as a when she's in her human form, she actually. Well, first of all, as a cat, she is kind of adopted by Kimberly and Aisha because. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. Um, Kimberly's mom gets engaged to some dude who's from France and is a painter, and he's. They're going to get married and move to France. Uh, so Aisha's family kind of, sort of takes in. Kimberly for the rest of the school year is the plan. So she's living with Aisha and they find the stray cat and they adopt the cat. And then in her human form, she becomes friends with the whole gang. So she kind of, I think they say she kind of infiltrates the, the club, as you would say. Uh, and then um, for the next three-parter episode, Changing of the Zords, basically Catherine steals Kimberly's power coin. So Kimberly's power. Kimberly starts getting weak and losing her powers. So they're down to five rangers. Ninjor is kidnapped, as and the Falcon Zord is captured. Not a hundred. Oh, I do remember how, because um, when they when Tommy calls for the Falcon Zord, Catherine uses Kim's power coin to get into the Zord and steal it. It's crazy. Anyway, so. And it's a really cool scene, though, in this three-parter because Zor- uh, with all the stuff that Zed has, he forces the Rangers to allow him into the power chamber or to the command center. And it's one of the coolest scenes. There's a lot of lightning flashing and thunder, and you see Zed's chair turn around while it's in the command center. It was a pretty cool- That was a pretty cool scene. I don't know if you guys remember that one. It was in the place of the viewing. I remember though, Kimberly right? fainting. Yeah. yeah, Kimberly fainted, and uh, she got. She eventually gets kidnapped, too, and is put in one of Zed's dark dimensions, because, like I said, there's a lot of dark dimensions, <laughs> which basically <laughs> looks like the same Is that where she impersonates Rita Repulsa? Oh, no, that was like season two, but yeah, similar. I think they used the same cave set, because it's the same cave every time they have a dark dimension. It, it was dimension. the same cave. Yeah, so the Finster has found these old Zords, and says, and so they've said they found them. <laughs> basically, yeah, and under um, the couch cushions. Yeah, <laughs> and basically, he, 
he forces the Rangers to pilot the Zords under his command, and, uh, or you know, Kimberly will die, or you know, they'll do something to Ninja or, or the Falcon Zord. I mean, all kinds of bad stuff. So the Rangers agree, and it's really stupid because the Rangers get into the new Zords, and then Billy just goes in and like reprograms them to take all control from Rita and Zed. So it was kind of pointless. But anyway, and there's this big battle where Zed fights the White Ranger, and the White Ranger doesn't do very good, but apparently uh, throwing Saba at Zed's staff turns it into a snake, and Tommy's able to save Kimberly, and yeah. And then after a few more episodes, Kimberly finally loses all the powers, and chooses and, and by this point Cat has finally broken Rita's spell and Cat becomes the new Pink Ranger and Kimberly leaves to with her with a famous gymnastics coach to she, train. She, she didn't and, lose her power. She voluntarily uh like was leaving for gymnastics. She got hurt. That's right. She was tired and she was just over exhausted and they put her in the hospital. I apologize. And I remember like the cliffhanger where she faints and how melodramatic it was and Cat going, Kimberly! And it was so similar to what happened with Cat when she was in the Olympics or whatever. So, yeah. There's a lot of parallels there or something. But yeah, um, so Kimberly leaves the team to be to do gymnastics in Florida and Cat becomes the new Pink Ranger. <laughs> Cheat on Tommy. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think Cat gets to become the Pink Ranger like four whole times before they lose their powers. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Shogun Zords I was telling you about, they're the, they're the first ones to show up in the Kaku Ranger, and actually, the Kaku Rangers turn into the Zords. Believe it or not. Then Master Vile comes into town, and Master Vile is actually Rita and Rito's father. Oh, you, you, you father. can't skip Rita, Rita's Peta. <laughs> okay. Uh. Rita's Pita. A monster Rita's actually Pita. ends up in Tommy's <laughs> stomach. Just as it so happens, some kid he's teaching, um, he's teaching this This kid kids. who he's emotionally abusing. <laughs> yeah, teaching this kid. The kid orders a burger, and Tommy, like, chastises him, like, Ugh, Don't eat a burger. Eat burger. S- salads are much better. Um, and, you know, the whole, you are what you eat. So then this Ravenator guy gets inside Tommy, and Tommy just starts eating everything. Ice cream, burgers, pizzas, cakes. In fact, I think there's a cake. I believed in you! <laughs> I believe at one point there's a cake contest that um, Bulk and Skull are guarding as part of the junior police. And Tommy ends up eating his way through the whole contest. <laughs> or something to that effect. Oh no, it's a bake sale! And somehow Tommy has enough money to buy all the cake in the bake sale. It's a police. Because the Power Ranger always sale. saves their allowance. You know. I remember it. this like kid. He's like he he quits karate because like his image of Tommy is forever shattered. <laughs> uh, and at the end, everything's okay again. It's he's about to get a pita from Rita. <laughs> that episode was horrible. And then. <laughs> uh, there's a couple more episodes, another brick in the wall, which is all about helping the homeless, and then a chimp in charge, which is another, basically there is no Japanese footage at all in that one, even the Zord footage is American, 
um, where the rangers have to fight against a, a monkey monster that's been created from a an actual chimp that Cat uh, is friends with, or something to that effect. Um, then is Master Vile and the Metallic Armor. And that is when Rita and Rito's father, Master Vile, comes to town, basically shows what he can do um, by causing all kinds of havoc. He's... What's this monster's name? I don't remember, but the monster can suck the ranger's powers. And in order to protect themselves, the rangers get metallic armor, which basically is sequins on their costumes. And the reason for this metallic armor, get this, uh, as was reminded to us when Josh sent those commercials to us, the movie toys for the Power Rangers, because they couldn't, I guess they couldn't replicate the movie costumes very well in toy form. In order to make them look different, they they had them all cr- kind of chrome and shiny. Uh, apparently they had a surplus of those toys left over, so the metallic armor was a way for them to be allowed to sell the rest of them. That's sneaky, it. sneaky. Yes. Because, you know, you want to make sure... Power you get of marketing. Rid of yeah. Um, yeah, well, it, it lets them move fast, too, and become shiny I guess you could say but yeah um, hooray <laughs> yeah basically over the course of these episodes Master Vile like takes the swords um, and they capture Cat and start turning her evil and the only way to save them is t- to find the the Zeo crystal I believe it's how they end up saving the day there and Tommy has to go after the Zeo Crystal, but he has to fight against like his past because he hasn't been good his whole life, and only someone who's pure good can get the Zeo Crystal. Uh, and apparently, that the, the story is that that ha- is how Zed became like he is because he went after the Zeo Crystal and it messed him up. There's a lot of debate among fans on that, like if if that really messed Zed. Because, like, if Rita was being sarcastic or not. Yeah, good point. Because the way she says it, like, she's, like, saying it, like, mockingly. It's like, look what the Zeo crystal did to Zaddy's face. And he's like, very funny, Rita. (laughs) That's actually a pretty good (laughs) Zed right there. You did very good. Uh, But, yeah. But, yeah, in the end, the Rangers do win. Uh, And then there's an episode where we, where um, Sound of Discordia is a monster that makes the Rangers dance. And the idea comes from Aisha and Catherine trying to write a school song. Because that's what happens. It was um, a fan demand. They were pandering. Yes. Oh, this one's also famous, and I don't remember which one has the other version of it. Uh, This season, they also brought back um, Titanus to do the Ultrazords again. Uh, they re- they put the toy out again, and I, I think they made some slight alterations to fit the new Zords. But um, they brought Titanus to have the Ninja Ultra Zord and the Shogun Ultra Zord. An earlier episode had the Ninja Zord team uh, combined with it, and this Sound of Discordia uh, has the um, Shogun Zords team up with it. Uh, basically. Since this is not a Japanese toy, the footage of the Ninja or Shogun Megazords 
joining with the with the um, Titanus is actually the use of toys in his all American footage, with some green screen explosion stuff going on in the background. Uh, if you watch it, especially it's especially noticeable in the Shogun Megazord because the Shogun Megazord toys, the white Shogun Zord is actually painted pink for some reason. So in the toy, you see the Shogun Megazord has a pink arm instead of a white arm. After that, Master Vile unleashes a new plan with this... Um, I don't remember what they call it. Oh, the Orb of Time. And literally... Um, they they send time on Earth backwards. And at the end of the episode, you get Zed and Rita and Goldar and Rito and maybe even Master Vile show up in giant form uh, and start all right. walking all through Angel Grove. And the Power Rangers have been reduced to kids and they can't morph. Uh, and actually, they haven't just been reduced to kids. I actually remember that. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Bless you. Yeah, I hated that too because that was the last episode until February. Oh no, no, I I, li- I loved it. Oh no, no, it was I mean, cool. Wait, 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 wait. I, I thought, but didn't didn't they like like didn't I thought that was one ended with like the command center getting destroyed? That yeah, the, um, that, that was that was after the uh, like this was the this was the mid season like the quest. Yeah, this was the mid-season cliffhanger. The way they were doing the show, I guess we should have mentioned this too. Uh, basically, they run the show from like. You know, the fall, so like September up to like the end of November, at least back then. Uh, and then for December and January, they would just show repeats. And then starting in February, they would start showing new episodes again until usually until like you would get to like the normal season finales in May or April. Although this year, they, the, for season three, they did it a little different. But yeah, um, this was just the mid season finale, technically. And then. And they did this episode, and then they're like, to be continued, and then they go away for a couple months. I was kind of ticked. I mean, it was a cool cliffhanger, but I don't like when they have those cool cliffhangers. And then it's the same thing with when they have cliffhangers for season finales. I hate those. So at the end of the episode, they're, they're all, the Rangers are all kids. And in fact, not only the Rangers, everybody, even Bulk and Skull are kids. Um, and... Yeah, and then we go away for two months. When we come back two months later, the Rangers finally find their way to the... No, 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 no. The Rangers have to deal with the fact that, you know, they're kind of stuck in Angel Grove. And Zordon and Alpha are trying to figure out why they have no power. And it turns out that whenever the time goes back to... Apparently, Alpha had unplugged everything to do some cleaning... And forgot to and ha- didn't have it plugged in. In fact, at one point, I believe Zordon's like, you mean we had all this trouble because you had unplugged the power? So, yeah, that was... Yeah, exactly. Um, it turns out the rangers are able to remember that they are rangers because of the their powers. Uh, but everyone else just thinks it's back to whatever year it's supposed to be, like 1980-something. But but Goldar, like, I remember Goldar and Rita and Zed, like, they atomized the power coins. Like, I have a clear memory of that. Yeah, that's a few episodes later. Because they're still kids, so they can't morph. Uh, So since they can't morph, Zordon contacts his 
these aliens from Aquatar, who just so happen to be able to be to turn into Power Rangers. There's five of them. They they actually use the costumes from Kaku Ranger, which is cool. Uh, so we have these new Rangers that get and um, Billy does something because he still gets to be smart. Billy does something to allow the alien Rangers to use the the Zords. Uh, and after a f- and after a few episodes, Billy actually finds a way to turn himself back to an adult. And I believe he's, uh, and I believe it involves using the power coins. It's some device he creates. Unfortunately, uh, before any of the other rangers can be restored to adult status, uh, Rito and Goldar get their hands on the power coins in the device, or they get their hands on the device, take the power coins, and crush them to dust. So the rangers don't have their powers anymore. That's what you were talking about. I'm trying to remember which episode that is. I, I remember, like, I remember one of them saying, uh, "This is the end of the Power Rangers." <laughs> a very, yeah. a very, like, you know, unrealistic. Way. Uh, but yeah, so basically, um, after a few more episodes, is when they start the whole Zeo quest. Uh, the five, or this, actually, I think all no, the five remaining Rangers, because Billy's an adult, so he stays behind. The five remaining Rangers go on these quests uh, because. Okay, I guess I forgot to explain. Uh, at the end of the Master Vile and the Metallic Armor, Tommy takes the Zeo Crystal, throws it up in the air, slices it with Saba, and it splits into five parts. Uh, the Rangers are then teleported to various spots in time and parts of Earth to hide the Zeo Crystals, and then now when they're kids, they have to go find them again and don't remember where they are, apparently. I'm confused by that. Oops. Yeah. Well, no, because they didn't know where they hid them. It was, like, purposely scattered through time and space from what I... And, like, they, they had, like, vision quests and stuff. Oh, and, yeah, they um, had to <laughs> learn all kinds of stuff. I was, like, and, coming to terms And there was some past. BS with, with Aisha. Oh, yeah, hers I didn't like. But we should also well, point it, out... It messes with the timeline in, like, so oh, many yeah. ways. <laughs> yeah, this would not work as a Doctor Who episode, but... Um, Something to also point out is part of the reason they did these series of episodes, one was kind of a test to see how well things would work with a new set of rangers because this was because they were looking at possibly changing the whole costumes and everything for the next season. Also, it was tr- giving the actors some time off because they basically had been constantly on the go working since 
partway through season two because with the movie they were working kind of double time and they just really hadn't hadn't had any time off so this gave them some time off because they had kid actors playing them in the process however i remember specifically that um on Catherine's quest she actually meets this old lady who's actually the lady that plays Catherine in old lady makeup and they brought David Yost back as Billy because he was actually wanting to leave the show and then kept changing his mind this was going to be some of his supposed to originally have been some of his last time as Billy but anyway. so he'll be a, he's on the show but he won't be a Power Ranger the next season I think right right yeah um, but yeah so he, he's tech support <laughs> he's basically Alpha Point 2 uh, or Alpha 2.0 is what I meant to say. Uh, but, yeah, the so the next several episodes, the Rangers go on their Zeo quest while the while Billy and the Alien Rangers take care of things back home. Uh, and, ironically, one episode at a time, the, the each Ranger finds their part of the Zeo crystal. And as Josh was hinting at, um, Aisha... <sighs> this is dumb. Aisha goes to Africa because she's black. And that's, <laughs> that's, right. that's where her that's where her crystal is. And in the process, she meets this. I think it's a whole tribe, including this young girl named uh, Tanya. And after Aisha gets her crystal back, Tanya. Yeah, Tanya. After Aisha gets her crystal, right? Uh, after the yeah, Aisha gets her crystal and decides she wants to stay in Africa. So she gives her crystal to Tanya, and Tanya's the one that gets teleported back to the command center. And at the end of the episode, the Zeo crystal is reassembled, time gets fixed, and Aisha's still in Africa, Ta- but Tanya's in the power or the command center. Tanya's an adult, and I, and then like mm-hmm. they make an offhand comment like we've also transported Aisha's family through the time stream. Yeah, it's the dumbest send-off ever. And Aisha does get a short... The girl that plays Aisha does get a short scene when they show her on the viewing globe, I guess, seeing her parents while they're in Africa. But that's that's her send-off. And, yeah, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, and, it, and like Josh said, it totally messes up time because that means technically that... Even though we know Aisha was with the Rangers all that time, if she was in Africa when they fixed the time stream, that means she's been in Africa for the last however many years it's been since. I don't know. It's, it, this is one of those things that makes you uh, makes your head hurt. But uh, the, as the, much as much as Power Rangers can. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is worse than the Colonial Angel Grove, in my opinion. The white stranger. I think this is this, this one of the worst parts of the series, to be honest. Like the whole, oh, you just, you know, oh, because of the, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move to another country for the rest of our lives because exactly, why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Her parents didn't know they were moving. That They were moving to another country and another time period. It was like, <laughs> and like Zordon and Alpha had the power to do that. Like all of a sudden, like they're bending time and space. Because, like, you know, this scene demanded that they would. 
Of course. <laughs> but, you know, it's a kid's show. No one pays that close of attention until 20 years later when we're talking about I mean, it, it on the podcast. It's, everything is better than how Jason, Zach, and Trini left the show. Like, <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I, I mean, at least here there, there, there was an actual transition as, as opposed to all three of us, you know, peace conference. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, now, the final episode is important, though. The final episode, um, after the Alien Rangers defeat their nemesis, Hydro Hog, uh, they go back to Aquatar. Uh, um, Rito and Goldar have found a way inside the command center and plant a bomb. After the Zeo Crystal is reassembled, they show themselves grab the Zeo Crystal, and teleport themselves out of the command center. The bomb goes off, causing all kinds of chaos inside the command center. And by the way, the, now that the Rangers are adults, apparently uh, Rocky got a haircut. The, Zeo range, or the Rangers get um, teleported out of the command center just in time to watch the whole command center blow up. And again... And this is February 17th. The final episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is a is a another cliffhanger. And this time, the cliff they, they do not get to resolve it until the following fall. So I thought that was actually pretty good, though. Like yeah. in terms of like you know like, like a series finale cliffhanger. And what do they do instead? From that day, they start replaying every every episode of this season. But. At the beginning of every episode, they do what is, what is considered part of the quote-unquote Zeo serial, uh, which is a little, literally one or two minute little bit of footage that's supposed to tease you about the coming Power Rangers Zeo coming the next season. That's interesting. And all all you get is you get the music, some some bad acting and, and of course no no part of the Zeo crystal becomes canon because everything gets contradicted similar to the way that the movie gets contradicted by the beginning of season 3 this whole serial gets contradicted by the beginning of Power Rangers Zeo but at the at the end they play this cool music that's always like I remember that, and yeah, like we were, we were like speculating on like what was going to be the source of the Power Rangers power. Me and my neighbors, we were like that. My friend Ian thought that they were going to get it from ancient pyramids due to like an image in the promo. <laughs> Actually, that could have been. Did did any of you figure it was the Zeo crystal? Uh, I I don't remember a lot of the theories at the time. To be quite, I, I just remember like. We we would like cosplay as Power Rangers on the playground, and like he would say in character, and then we got our powers from the ancient pyramids. <laughs> Very as now, a matter of factly. We were talking about how cool um, this whole, how good this season was as far as writing and stuff. Not only uh, not only were they 
they f- they figured stuff out way in advance and were able to build up to it instead of the last minute running around trying to write stuff to figure out how to explain the Rangers changing like they did the previous season. Kim was basically being set up. You could kind of see it because of all the focus she was getting. Was basically being set up for her departure all ever since episode one up until <laughs> she leaves. The Zeo crystal gets introduced. I believe in episode 29 of the of the season out of a 43 episode season which they they obviously knew that they were going to be using that for the next season obviously because um when Tommy breaks the Zeo crystal at the end of episode 31 you specifically see the shapes you can see the star shape the triangle the square the oval it's hard to make out the uh the double equal sign thing that the yellow ranger gets but you definitely can see those and then of course every time the rangers one of the kid rangers find the part of the zeo crystal uh i believe when they touch it they get hit by some kind of power that kind of uh, like a little colored electrical charge that flows over them from the crystal and of course it's color coordinated to each ranger so you already know who's going to be what color if you paid attention to it it yeah. felt so weird to me to have Adam as the Green Ranger in Zio. Oh, yeah. It was weird to have Rocky as the Blue Ranger after him being the Red Ranger for so long, too. And Tommy the, the Red. They got, they got downgraded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and the poor Tommy gets goes from, like, the god, the White Ranger god to just the Red Ranger, and then he gets shown up when he when they get to the Gold Ranger. And yeah. Jason comes back to do that, so that's even more ironic. Well, first, before, like, I remember the whole Gold Ranger thing. Like, I was so convinced it was Billy because I was stupid and, like, watching it now. I thought it was Billy, too. It was the only thing that made sense. No, but, like... They set it up perfectly. Like, Billy was wearing a shirt that said Red Herring and, like, was doing (laughs) Red Herring things. Like, Mm -hmm. he'd, like, come back at the end of an episode and say, Hey, guys, sorry I was mysteriously gone when this Gold Ranger appeared. What's up? What'd I miss? And, and and of course, uh, since it was the only colors not being used, Billy had been wearing a lot of white, uh, white and black. Specifically, he was wearing a lot of white up until they got to that point where he started wearing more black. And of course, with the with the Gold Ranger being mostly a black uh, costume, the um, you know it was even more of a setup. I thought it was going to be Billy too, and then they throw well, it. It was they, it was too obvious. Yeah, but I I didn't know who else it could be because it I mean it was like the, obviously they were they weren't going to make it bulk or skull and um and I they, I didn't they think... introduced a random brother for Tommy yes that was my that was the other option I thought maybe it was going to be him that was actually played by uh, Tommy's actual brother too uh, but unfortunately he had a I don't remember if it was alcohol or drugs or both. But um, <laughs> he had problems. He had problems. He, he, he did. Uh, Power Rangers are required to go through like a drug test. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he he had problems. He kicked those the habit. Uh, so and when he was when he had come to Power Rangers, and then at some point after he left Power Rangers, he relapsed and he has since died from oh that stuff. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, so that yeah that. That's not good, but um, 
But yeah, the, the, his brother on the show was actually played by his real brother. Although this is also where they suddenly decide to introduce that Tommy is Native American. That's a retcon, yeah. Well, I, I thought that uh, Jason was like a retcon to be Native American. Uh, no. He he didn't have part... Uh, he might have been, but he did uh, the whole. Uh, that, this was all connected to the whole Zeo Quest thing, and uh, some arrow. That was another thing that Tommy gets a, an arrowhead when he's on his zero zero quest, his Zeo Quest, and that doesn't actually get taken care of until he gets like nineteen or twenty of Zeo. Hmm. So I mean, they set up a lot of stuff between this season and Zeo. It's 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 kind of amazing some of the stuff when you think about the, I mean yeah they messed up the whole time thing but a lot of the they had a lot of overarching stuff that they really worked to put in here and then they wouldn't do it ever again but it was pretty cool for for a little bit but um um I don't we'll probably have a little bit more to say but I know that at least Donovan needs to go um. Don, what do you have any last words you want to say about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Um, it's funny because when you look back on it, I mean, there, you can say a lot of things retrospectively, like uh, it was a product of its time. It was insanely goofy. It was insanely cheesy. It's corny. And uh, you know, looking at it as an adult, I mean, you, I mean, I think if you were there to experience it, it's not hard to to understand why it was so popular. You know, it might be hard to verbalize, but, like, you know, the fighting and, you know, like, like, like kind of just, like, at that time, you can kind of just sense, you can regain the kind of, you know, sense of what made it good. And, I, I, I don't know, it's just like, you know, the, the fighting, which, you know, is repetitive after a while, but, I don't know, you still, it's, it's there's just something to it that's, that's just entertaining, I think. I mean, I'm not saying, like, it's, it's actually legitimately, you know, great. But you know, it, it it was it was it was fun, and it was funny because like like Josh said, there was a lot of development that they kind of kept building up to, especially in season three. And it's always one of those things where like yeah, like, yeah, I was around during that time because it's almost like a ruckus time now. I know it's still around now, but it's nowhere near as the as huge of the juggernaut as it was back in '93. So uh, oh no, it was cool to be around there around that time. It sure was, but well. Um, let's see. Well, you've got to get going because you've got work early. So I will let you go first, and then I'll ask the other guys. But I want to thank you for coming on. Um, before you, you go, me. oh hey, no problem. Uh, before you go though, do you want to uh, let everyone know where else they can find you on the well, internet? Uh, yeah, um, you can find me on the next. Well, both Jesse Garrett and myself host. We co-host the Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. You can find that on dbcnextdimension.lipson.com. We talk about the Dragon Ball Z manga and anime franchise. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we talk about we, we try to be uh, as informative as we are uh, entertaining. And um, we can also find me on the Spider-Man Crawl Space website at spidermancrawlspace.com. I'm on the podcast with Josh, and I also write reviews for the main Spider-Man title and some other articles. And finally, I am on the Batman Universe comic cast, thebatmanuniverse.net, where I, along with Dustin, Joe, and Stella, talk about the Batman comic books every two weeks, the modern comic books. Uh, and I also do some specials over there. So basically, those three websites, you can find me talk about different things. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you do a lot what of crap, man. <laughs> Anything else? 
<laughs> so you got uh, Batman. Cold Saga Chronicles. It's something there that you I go. do whenever I can. That's about it. <laughs> and that's it. Was it uh, SpideyDude.com? SpideyDude.com is uh, the Close Saga Chronicles podcast home. So you can find me there and, uh, uh, and find the backlog, backlog of episodes to listen to. If you like the Clone Saga. And if you don't. I never read it, but I listen to the show because it's fun. Oh yes, I like. It's, I have to say, I like. I enjoy listening to you guys tear apart the the comics. Uh, not not physically, but you know, saying how, how they are. Yeah, and then of course, you know, at the end when you do the bloopers to the bulk and skull theme, that you know, obviously that's how I knew you guys like Power Rangers. So. <laughs> well, it's everyone. Everyone has, you know, like when they do the blooper music, it's usually the Benny Hill music. And when when I was putting those early episodes together, I was like, yeah, we're not using the Benny Hill music. Bulk and Skull, and like everyone loves the Bulk and Skull. I've never heard anyone complain about the Bulk and Skull music being used. Mm-mm. No, I I think it's hilarious because it fits. But, well, uh, Don, I thank you again for coming on and. Um, Hope you get enough sleep so you can be awake for work tomorrow. I hope I do too. But thanks for having me. You guys, you guys uh, have fun with the rest of the show. Oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> Good night, man. Adios. Night, Don. Now I'll do the same thing to you guys. What do you think uh, overall? What are your thoughts about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, specifically Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? And since we haven't heard from you too much lately, Joe, are you still there? I am still here. <laughs> okay. What What do you I... have to? Uh, what what are your final thoughts on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Oh man, um, I, I have to go with Don. You know, Power Rangers is obviously not the king's speech, uh, but there's <laughs> enough substance there that you know obviously it left a huge impression on us. And you know, I would even gamble to say a lot of people that aren't you know maybe as vocal about you know being fans of it might be you know closet fans from back in the day. Um, you know, it, it, it was, it, for most of us, it was, it, it came at a very, you know, influential time in our lives where we were kind of finding out who we were and, and did, I, you know, as corny as it was, it did a really good job of, um, you know, instilling, you know, a lot of principles, you know, it, it was, I, I know I keep using the phrase, you know, it's a, it's a habit of mine, but uh, they always put the message forward to, you know, strive to do your best. You know, give it 110%. Um, you know, obviously, uh, a big part of it was, you know, you never use, you know, fighting or violence unless it's for self-defense. And, you know, that's obviously a really important message, considering it was a show mostly about violence. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. So it was, it was really a lot about self-control and, you know, using your, you know, it was, it was very Spider-Man in a way. You know, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, and, yeah, that's... I, I gotta say, like even even now, if I'll watch it, it'll be obviously it'll be really cheesy, but I can't help but watch. You know, I I don't care. <laughs> I'm just, it's 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 very obviously nostalgic and and just something about it is just kind of magical. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> for someone that didn't talk, that was pretty quiet for a lot. <laughs> you really thought this out. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, he was yeah. composing his uh, his speech the whole time right. yeah. since for the last three hours. Or so. he, yeah, he figured I was going to ask about this at some point, so he's just been writing. All right, uh, Josh. 
you should see like all the different drafts that he had. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is very, very hard to understate how important Power Rangers was to my childhood. It's it, it was such a phenomenon, and like earlier tonight, before I got on, I was googling all these like Power Ranger toys, then like stickers. I remember the products. I remember it's. It is hard to think about my childhood without Power Rangers coming up, and like when I see those like you know old Zoo Ranger costumes, you know, and like the publicity photos of them posing in the command center with them and the Green Ranger behind them. That's like that brings back such a flood of memories, and. I mean, I remember going to um, a camping trip where I broke my leg, but the Green Ranger was making an appearance. And, it, you know, it wasn't like it was Jason David Frank making an appearance. It was a guy in a cheesy Green Ranger costume. But how big of a deal that was. And I got to go to the front of the line and get my picture with him because I broke my leg. And, uh, um, Aww. you know, all the stuff like um, this, the 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 cereal crackers and um we weren't allowed to own video games but but we were allowed to have the handheld tiger electronic games and there was a power ranger one and i saved up all my money for it and i would like play it all the time and i would dust it after i played it and i would like you know you know put a a a little drop of water over the screen you know to keep it from getting uh i'm dirty and stuff and i place it in just the right spot by my bed where like when my brother moved it i knew he had moved it um my brother is like a reoccurring thing in this you know like podcast like he didn't he did not like the fact that i was a power ranger fan and he was forever (laughs) trying to like you know break me from the spell he was saying it's just cheap special effects you should not know it isn't and that's one reason why i enjoy watching zoo ranger because like it's like finding out that your parents were people you know, like when you were a kid, it's like it's like wow, this is like the the where the Power Rangers really came from. Uh, I've tried to watch the new Power Rangers, and I'm sure that some of those some of the episodes they're probably just as good, maybe even better than the ones that we watched. But it doesn't have the nostalgic factor. It doesn't have the sentimental factor that these shows watch. I mean, I watch it now, and you could deconstruct these episodes and make fun of how cheesy and how out of continuity they were but I mean I love them and I still love them and it's fun to watch with a friend and and laugh it's uh, Power Rangers is just a fun thing to revisit every once in a while I mean there's fandoms that I had when I was little like Star Wars and Spider-Man that are still very much a part of my life now Um, but I, I, I kind of had to grow out of Power Rangers but it's still a fun childhood thing to go back to and visit and and again, this thing, this thing was huge. You know, the toys and everything. It's. I'm really glad that this is going to sound so corny, but I'm really glad that the Power Rangers were a part of my life. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Well, unlike you guys, I actually never had any of the toys or any of the merchandise. We didn't own any of the videos. In fact, I don't. I think the first Power Rangers anything I ever bought was the movie and this was ah this was long afterwards this had to be like maybe around 2000 and that that yeah that's the probably the first time i bought any of the any of the movies or anything I I have some of the DVDs. I have some of the action figures. I've actually um, 
gotten more into the Japanese version just because, well, they're ahead, really, is basically the, the main reason. Um, it's not like I can understand what they're saying. But <laughs> it, it all, well, the subtitles are helpful, though. Uh, but it all comes back to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Nothing will beat that. I mean, I've, I watch Zhu Ranger, or I have seen some of it, but even that's still not the same. The costumes are the same. But even I can't even see that as as being even like I don't want. It's almost like as cool as Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was such a big deal that when you mention Power Rangers to anyone to this day, that's the version everyone thinks of. Oh yeah. You go to some some by, some bystander on the street. Listen to me. You go up to someone on the street and tell and say something about Power Rangers. They're not going to be thinking about the current series, or they or maybe maybe they will, but they won't mention that. They're going to be like, "Go go Power Rangers," or you know, doing the whole morphing thing, Tyrannosaurus or whatever. That's the stuff that everyone knows. I can show anyone a picture of any of the teams of Power Rangers, either the all the Japanese series even before it, or or all the series since then, and that's the one everyone's going to know. Everyone, all the others are just like basically kind of like ripoffs. Now, granted, there have uh, as someone that has paid or has actually fallen away from Power Rangers and come back. I have seen a lot from every season. Uh, some seasons are better than Mighty Morphin. Some are not as good as Mighty Morphin. But Mighty Morphin will always be my favorite and have a special place in my heart. It's a, It was a cultural phenomenon. International cultural phenomenon. It's just it, and it even got dubbed and put back on TV over in Japan. That's hilarious. I would like to see it in Japanese. <laughs> oh yeah, you can you can see some stuff. Um, they actually got the lady that played uh, Bandora to come by to come back and redub the Rita stuff. <laughs> awesome. um, but yeah, Mighty Morphin at least the first season got redubbed over there. They have redubbed more recent shows. I, I believe they actually. Did everything from Mighty Morphin up to uh, In Space or Lost Galaxy. They redubbed and put showed in Japan, uh, and then um, they've shown Power Rangers SPD and Power Rangers Mystic Force uh, recently. And I think they're about to do uh, uh, one of the more recent episodes, one of the more recent seasons as well. But yeah, it's I can only imagine what they think. I I don't know if I could imagine. It's hard to imagine someone taking a show from here, making a version of it in another country, and then us showing it here dubbed in English. It just would be weird. <laughs> but apparently, from from the reports I've heard, apparently it's. I mean, it's not quite as big of a cultural phenomenon because they've been having the Super Sentai, but it is very popular over there as well. But yeah, it's not like I don't think at any point in Power Rangers history was anyone expecting Oscar or what's the daytime Emmy, uh, like Emmy level acting nice. uh, f- 
especially in Mighty Morphin, they the act the character everyone was picked more for their martial arts abilities than their acting abilities. But uh, yeah, it's it's it was just an amazing phenomenon, and I I miss it. And to show you how popular it was, from the time Mighty Morphin Power Rangers made its debut. Power Rangers was the number one toy line amongst boys, you know, at a certain age, like, I don't know, like six to ten or whatever, which is the toy pie, uh, the the toy uh, age group that everyone strives for. Um, all the way up until you got to Power Rangers Jungle Fury. Because they were already working on coming over with the next series after that, they went ahead and made it. But after that, Disney had canceled Power Rangers. They weren't going to make any new series. What they did instead was they remastered... Well, they kind of messed it up, but they kind of remastered and added some new effects and started Mighty Morphin Power Rangers over again. I remember that. They, uh, Th- did you they see called them? They called them reversions. Yes. And, oh, uh, <laughs> they, they weren't the best, but th- they took the, the only episodes. positive thing about that was that the merchandise was like coming out again. Like I was seeing yes. many more Power Ranger toys. And it was updated with the more modern toy stuff. So you got the figures again, but they were the modern times instead of re-releasing 1993 toys. Uh they came out with a new version of the Megazord. They were supposed to come out with a new version of the Dragonzord, but that didn't happen. Although, apparently, now that it's the 20th anniversary, that Dragonzord is going to come out. They came out with a different version of that Dragon Dagger that had kind of a lightsaber thing that came out of the <laughs> end, which is weird. But, um, yeah, they, I mean, but it, it just shows you. And, of course, with that, Power Rangers became the number one toy line again. So even almost 20 years later, Mighty Morphin is still <laughs> the toy line. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really amazing. I, it's hard to put into words how awesome it was. And it was great to be there at the beginning of it. It really wasn't like Voltron at all, other than the combining robot. <laughs> but... Well, I guess, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to talk about, I guess that's going to do it for us. Let's start. Um, Joe, do you have podcasts you're on regularly? Uh, I don't or... have podcasts. I actually just recently started uh, a vlog on YouTube. Because um, I'm actually a freelance illustrator. And the, you know, the, the point of the vlog is to kind of talk about breaking into the industry uh, maintaining yourself in the industry and just kind of showing off, um, you know, kind of behind the scenes things. I do a lot of sketch cards for companies like Tops and Upper Deck, so I get to work with you know Star Wars and Marvel and DC. So, Ooh. in my, I mean, I just released the first episode about you know a month and a half ago, but episode two should be out within a week. And in the next couple of episodes, and I'm actually going to be showing the process of you know the business side, the technical side. And what you have to do once you're finished all with the sketch card set. So it'll probably be like an either two or or three episode part. So I'm going to be filming that stuff this week. Um, If people want to see my work, it's at Joe Hogan 
art.deviantart.com is the best way to uh, check it out because I update that very frequently. And there's actually, if you go to the gallery there on the left side, there is indeed a Power Ranger folder, and it's very Green Sweet. Ranger heavy. Um, <laughs> and, and just a, a note in, in these things, some of them are much, much, much older, so you know the more recent stuff is a little better than the older stuff. But uh, what I wanted to do is kind of capture the way I remember Power Rangers being as a kid. This is the way I saw it in my head. You know, it was it was gritty, it was dark, it was awesome, and you know, it had it had nothing to do with old rules, nothing like that. But, um, uh, the idea of anyone th- seeing Power- Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as dark and gritty is just is kind of funny. Well, I mean, in, in, in the way in I, one of his comics, a putty is like holding a knife to a child's neck. I think. Oh wow! There was a there was a knife. I'm trying to remember because that was probably the oldest thing that I had done. Uh, I think that was like 2006 or something, um, but yeah, they they like capture this little kid and he's like petrified and you know Tommy shows up and of course takes care of the situation. Um, well, of course, it's Tommy. Right. There's but, a reason uh, they called him Jeepus. <laughs> Actually, you know what it was? It was uh, Tommy uses the dragon dagger to cut a putty in half, and there's like a little bit of gore. Uh, oh whoa. crap! Yeah, I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah, that was, it's the same comic. Dang, same comic you're thinking of. But uh, but yeah, wow. so it's you know I just try to recapture it that way. It's 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 not a frequent thing. Actually, what I want to do is you know I'm hopefully not rambling too much. Uh, Jason David Frank is actually going to be at New York Comic Con, and I'm actually stationed not stationed, but I live in New York, so I'm going to actually between now and then do another a new Green Ranger print and ask him to sign it. Um, probably going to keep that. I don't think I'll be selling that one. That's going to be for me. But I'll probably be selling, you know, the print without the unsigned ones. Right. Gotcha. So. Uh, and what is your, um, either the name of your vlog or your screen name on YouTube so people can look that up? The, uh, the vlog is called Cup of Joe. It's C-U-P apostrophe A and then J-O-E is in my first name. And if you actually go to my DeviantArt, it's, you know, in the gallery, it's, it's, it's on that first page there. You won't even have to click off of the first page of the gallery. Okay. It's towards the bottom. But uh, plus I'll be releasing episode two very, very soon, so that'll be the most recent thing that I upload soon on DeviantArt also. you got to be careful there because Cup Ojo is Joe Casada. You don't want to get confused. Really? I don't know that. I might well, I don't know if he's on I, – I know he had a, a thing called Cup Ojo. It used uh, to be Comic-Con, his uh, – um... His Comic Con panel yearly is called Cup of Joe. Yeah. Oh, anytime he has one. Well, but, but you, I, can, I, you, you can get you famous can still use lawsuits. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be awesome. Well, it's it's different. It, it's Cup of Joe, not Cup O Joe. Sure. And I'm not making so, any money off of it. So. Yeah. So maybe you'll be all right. <laughs> well, awesome. Now. Before we move over to Josh, I guess I sh- I wish I had remembered to ask Don this. What is your favorite episode of oh, Power Rangers? Man. Probably Return of an Old Friend, because, like I mentioned, uh, you know, Green Ranger is my guy, and all of them are out of commission, and Tommy comes back in and just rips Goldar a new one. He gets his butt kicked a little bit, but then they turn up the power, and he's doing backflips and killing putties, and you know, then the Dragon Zord comes in, and I'm pretty sure he fights Scorpina, in addition to Goldar, and uh, maybe maybe not Scorpina, but I, for some reason I remember the Dragon Dragon Sword fighting Scorpina, and it was just really intense. And Green Ranger was my favorite, so to see him come back 
I remember as a child being like yelling at my TV, which I never really did as a kid. And, and I remember like being so excited and like, yeah, oh my God, he's back. So def- definitely uh, return of an old friend part two, because that's when uh, all the action goes down. Yes. Yes. In fact, he doesn't return until he walked. You see his feet at the, right. end of the first part. Right. All right. And, um, before we go too far, what is Sirens of Dathomir? Oh, Siren of Dathomir is uh, my fan-made Star Wars Clone Wars motion comic. And uh, it was released a little over a year ago, but it's also on my YouTube channel, so you can you can find that through DeviantArt. And, um, you know, it's not canon or anything, but uh, one of the Clone Wars voice actors, James Ronald Taylor, was actually kind enough to lend his voice to it. So it's as close to canon as it gets, I think. So he's, he's for listeners of the Clone Wars, uh, you know, fans of the Clone Wars, he is Obi-Wan Kenobi and Plo Koon, and, uh, you know, he's in everything. He's, you know, Titus from Final Fantasy, he was Leonardo from the last Ninja Turtles CG movie, and he's, he's such a talented, awesome guy. Uh, I know Joshua has, has some experience uh, meeting him and, and can back me up, but he's just such a cool dude. And he did such a great job on that. So, you know, if you're a fan of the Clone Wars, I would suggest checking that out. Wow. Is that where your uh, awesome, uh, whatever you want to call that, your photo is from? Oh, uh, well, that's from my next one that I'm actually working on now. Hopefully to be out by the end of this year, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Oh. The, pay, the paid stuff has to come first. So. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, good point. <laughs> well, that is awesome. Uh, good luck with that. That and and the vlog sounds really cool too. I'm gonna have to check that one out. Okay, Josh, your turn. Where can people Hello. find you? Hi. <laughs> Hi. Where can people find you on the internet? Right now, you can find me on um, Charlie's Geek Cast, guest starring on this episode. Woo-hoo! Yay! Um, I am. I used to do a lot more in the podcasting world. I am mostly podcast retired right now because um, I'm working on a book about Paul McCartney and Wings, and I'm trying to get that finished before the end of the year because there's a convention that I'm trying to launch it at. But uh, So I've had to cut back on a lot of extracurricular activities, um, but I still do Crawl Space, Spider-Man Crawl Space, which is the show that Don is on that he mentioned before. In fact, we're doing our call-in show. Um, two days from now, from when this is being recorded, but by the time you hear this, we'll have already recorded it. Um, and I do Clone Saga Chronicles uh, with Donovan and a host of others talking about uh, Spider-Man's Clone Saga. Aside from that, unless there's something that I'm forgetting, I am pretty much podcast retired for the time being. <laughs> wow. Oh, you used? did you used to do the Batman one? Yes, um, I left that when the New 52 started. Oh, okay. And then you have your occasional guest spots on, like, Stella's show and stuff still. Yes, uh, yeah, uh, Batgirl the Oracle, that is always a fun show to be on. Joe Hogan, I thought about for this because I, for some reason, I don't know why, but I always associate him with Power Rangers. And it's not like he talks about (laughs) Power Rangers on Facebook all the time, but every once in a while he'll, like, post something Power Rangers related, like, every so often. And, like, I see the... I don't know. I, I just knew that he was a Power Ranger guy. I could sense it. So, Ooh. like, when I went to when I went to San Diego this year, I was, like, tagging him in, like, all the Power Ranger pictures <laughs> and stuff. But uh, <laughs> um, Joe I first ran into when I was... Um, um, 
not the Donovan that we just had on the call, but one of the Donovans um, who I work with, a child, um, he's doing a Kickstarter project, which has been funded, and it's currently in um, post-production uh, stage right now. Um, he's a child with um, special needs, and he's talking about relating Star Wars, you know, to struggles with um, Asperger syndrome, bipolar disorder and stuff. And um, Joe reached out to us, you know, sent us an email, and um, he was going to Star Wars Celebration, which Donovan and I were going to also. Um, and, and now when I say Donovan, I'm talking about a Donov- uh, a child Donovan. <laughs> and um, he, he sketched Donovan these cards, which were, you know, really, really awesome. Um, he still has them. Um, re- uh, of uh, Boba Fett, Darth Vader, and a little uh, Jedi Padawan version of Donovan. And um, I guess um, we can announce, well, yeah, because it's already been announced, so we can say here that Joe is doing some artwork uh, for the book. Oh, Cool. Well, we look forward to that. I will. Um, is there a link or something to anything for that yet? There's the or... Kickstarter page. When things are in post production, there's not a lot to talk about. So, like you know, it wasn't really you know something I could do blog related. So, but every once in a while, I'll. I mean, there there is a Facebook page, and every once in a while, you know, one of us will put something on there to remind people that you know we're still out there. We haven't taking your money and run off to Paris. <laughs> okay. Well, I will um I will point out uh that I will kind of I will keep track of that and then that way I can post something when when the book is available. Mm-hmm. Is that something people are going to be able to that okay. Right. People are going to be able to get this. Yes. Later? Um okay. yes, first it's going to go out to the Kickstarter people to thank them for donating and okay. um we just uh I say we decided. There's been, there's a crazy history that like it's too long to get into here. But now it's the the ebook's going to be free, and we're trying to make it so that people can get the print version for free or as close to free as possible. Okay, cool. So I I will uh since I did donate on the Kickstarter, I will keep track of that, and when it becomes available, I'll make sure to pass along the words so people can check out Donovan's book. It sounded it sounds really cool from the info that uh, you've put out for it. It actually goes back to an idea that he had when he was six. And it's just something that's been, you know, thought about for a while. And uh, bringing it from idea to fruition has been a longer battle than we had anticipated. But, you know, we're very, very excited to be putting it out there for everyone. And um, Joe was um, always in in our mind as a guy to have as the artist because he made a very big impression on us at Star Wars Celebration. And, uh, cool. and I and obviously I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to disclose anything of what I've seen, but the text that I have seen to illustrate to is pretty awesome. It's going to be a really cool read. Awesome. Oh. Well, thanks thanks for saying that because you're one of the only people that has seen some of that stuff so far. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it really left an, uh, an impression with me, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm honored to have even been considered, no less, to have gotten you know the gig. So it's it's pretty cool. I'm really excited. Yay. Well, um, so Josh, what is your favorite episode of Mighty Morphin? Uh, it is so hard to even pick one. It's... I, I, I mean, I really can't say. I mean, I loved a lot of them. I loved the Green Ranger, you know, like anything where the Green Ranger, you know, was profiled and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh I, I just can't decide. <sighs> okay. I'm, 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 I'm going to wimp out. 
<laughs> Good job, man. Well, I guess I don't need to tell everyone where I am because you're, you're listening to this show. But I will say that my favorite episode of Mighty Morphin, <sighs> it is difficult, and I've had more time to think about it than you guys. <laughs> I would I would probably have to say that my favorite episode would probably it wouldn't be the f- well it'd probably be the first one not i mean it's one of the it's probably one of their worst ones cuz they had to literally instead of being able to take their time like they've been able to more recently because of the fact that everyone knows what power rangers is anyway uh they had to cram everything into the episode all at once hmm. so it's not exactly I mean, it's not Shakespeare, but it's still, but even though they had to cram everything in there all at once, it's got everything you need for Power Rangers. Uh, It's got, it's got the morphing, it's got the fighting, it's got the Megazord, and it introduces everything you need. So I'm going to have to say that's probably it. It, it, I mean, that's the one that started it all. It's the one that got me into the show. That would probably be be mine. And its title is so non-nonsense, Day of the Dumpster. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, I know. Because you don't know know what the hell the dumpster is until... Well, I mean... uh, I don't even think they mentioned it. Supposedly, like, the astronauts say it looks like some kind of space dumpster. But, like, you know, it's not really the Day of the Dumpster. It's the Day of the Power Rangers, not, like, Day of the thing that Rita came out of. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that just sounds wrong, too. But, um, let's see. Now, the only other, I think, the, you know, we were talking earlier about um, how the, the nostalgia factor and the more recent stuff doesn't have that nostalgia factor in it. I would have to say one of the seri- uh, seasons or whatever that actually comes closest to giving me any kind of nostalgia factor, and I don't know if you guys ever saw these, uh, but there's kind of a reason for it, uh, would be Power Rangers Dino Thunder. I've heard um, about that. For one thing, Tommy comes back. I think I know where this is going. Um, well, well, yeah, there's there's stuff that happens, but the whole season as a whole gave me kind of a nostalgia factor. For one thing, it's dinosaurs. For another thing, it's got Tommy back. For third thing, there's several places. There's some very, I mean, it knocks you over the head. The references are there. <laughs> and some of them are a little more subtle. Uh, but there are references to, you know, the original show. Uh, for the first time uh, since Power Rangers in Space, the Rangers are in high school and having to deal with, you know, the principal and a teacher and the, you know, the school stuff. It, it just brings back a lot of the nostalgia factor. Uh, then, of course, there is the ones like Joe is thinking about. That they hit you over the head with it. Uh, one of the episodes is, I believe, the 500th episode of Power Rangers. So it's literally Tommy telling the current Rangers uh, via video all about the his- the history of the Power Rangers up to that point. So you basically get a little bit of a rundown on every season of Power Rangers from Mighty Morphin up to Dino Thunder. There's one episode partway through the season because uh, Jason David Frank had to go back to do some stuff at his uh, martial arts school in America, they uh, came up with this storyline where he gets stuck in his morphed form because he becomes a you know a ranger in 
the the show. Uh, so how do you when, go to the bathroom? Well, he's a Power Ranger. Gets absorbed. Sweats <laughs> um, it out. Yeah, um, it, it gets recycled, and um, he he uh, when they finally find a way to free him from it. Well, for one thing, it, he gets turned invis- invisible, and when they fix him from that, there's this. Uh, I know, but when they get that fixed up, uh, he basically kind of goes into a coma, and while he's in this coma, that's what's what it's called. It's a fighting, something, fighting spirit. Fighting the, spirit. The, the, yeah. the episode. While he's in a coma, um, in order subconsciously, his body's telling him he needs to fight it, so. To tell him he needs to fight it, he actually ends up going against Tommy as the Red is the Red Zero Ranger. Mm-hmm. Then he ends up fighting against himself as the White Ranger. Then he ends up fighting against himself as the Green Ranger. And while he's doing this fighting in his subconscious, the other Rangers, who he's been mentoring all the way up until this point, are going up against a monster, and you know all the inspiration that they've gotten from Tommy and all the stuff they've learned from them, from him while he's been around, while they've been Rangers, uh, they're using that to continue the fight, even though they're not doing a very good job of it. They're losing the battle. And at the end, Tommy gets, wakes up and gets his powers back, gets his normal, his current powers back and helps them save, uh, win the battle again. But it, it was just one of those things. It was really cool. Cause it's it's a full Tommy episode, but it, it, I mean, when else are you going to see Tommy fighting against his previous Ranger forms? So more so recent, you know. It was pretty cool. But yeah, that that whole season was had a lot of the nostalgia factor too, be, just because of. There's even one episode where um, Tommy's cleaning up his Tommy and the Yellow Ranger are cleaning up his lab or whatever, and. In the process, they'd run across a picture of the cast from season one, and she makes a comment about his long hair. So it was it, it was pretty funny, but yeah, it's uh, that's probably the closest I've gotten as far as nostalgia factor. It's a pretty cool one. If you haven't seen it, uh, I recommend checking it out. It's on. Uh, I should probably point out all the series are on Netflix. Nice. Everything from Mighty Morphin to Super Samurai, even the reversion stuff, is on Netflix. So you can wow, watch really? every episode. Yep. If you go, if you go on there and you look up Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, you can watch uh, the the drop. The selection list is season one, season two, season three, and they call it season eighteen, I think, which is the reversion. It was just the reversion one. But yeah, it's on there. Wow. Speaking of uh, samurai, which you mentioned before, literally the word samurai, um, oh. I actually, while, while you guys were talking before, I didn't want to interrupt and bring it back to this point. Um, I actually brought up the pilot from YouTube, and it's not Sonic that they were watching. It's Samurai Pizza Cats. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, okay. it's, it's not Sonic. Sorry. <laughs> so, no, I just figured I'd uh, clear that up. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Because well, uh, somebody will be listening, and he'll question our cred. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Exactly. Actually, we're not watching it. We're watching Pizza Cats. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Sentai's better. Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 
But, well, I guess that's pretty much going to do it for us today. Um, thank you both for joining me for this show. Oh, thank this you was, for having me. Oh, no problem. This was a lot of fun. Um, and hopefully we get to do some more stuff later. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being on the show. And we will, well, they won't, but I will talk to you all later. Bye, everybody. We'll, we'll never oh, talk oh. to you again. I know. <laughs> Everyone hates me now. Thank you. <laughs> this has been an episode of Charlie's Geekcast, hosted by Charlie Neumeyer. The show's website is www.charliesgeekcast.com, where you'll find notes and images for each episode. Please feel free to leave a comment there or email the show at charliesgeekcast at gmail.com, and I'll read them on the air. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes. I also have another show called Superman of the Bronze Age, where I cover Superman comics published between 1970 and 1986. You can find that at www.supermanofthebronzeage.com. Charlie's Geekcast is an I Don't Have a Fake Company name production. All images and music used are copyright their respective copyright holders. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Thank you.